Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
Woodson, thank you once again for coming to Bards Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. And I think we're going to have one hell of a show tonight, folks. Uh, I tell you what, a lot going on, a lot of things uh, to hear. And you do not want to, whether you're listening live or whether you're going to listen to the archive or listening to the archive, you are not going to want to miss this show. Uh, that is for certain. And also, uh, let's not have others miss it either. So uh, take the link to tonight's show if you don't have it here. If you listen on one of the many platforms you can listen to the show, uh, you can go to Blog Talk Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com. And you can search for Bard's Logic Political Talk, and that'll get you the link. Uh, take that link and share it on your Twitter, share it on your Facebook, your email, your other social media. And believe me, we're going to talk about some, you know, what social media is doing tonight. Uh, talk about YouTube, and we're also talking about Google. That's not social media. But, you know, Facebook, uh, not Twitter as much, but we'll see. Uh, we're going to definitely talk about all, all those things. Now, tonight we're hoping to be joined uh, later on this evening by one of the founders of Watch the Vote uh, USA, Jim Connett Jr., and he's going to be uh, talking uh, to us tonight about a few things, one of which is about two sheriffs in Washington state who are openly defying Governor uh, Inslee, and they say they will not any longer enforce a stay-at-home edit or edit. Um, I think I probably spelled that wrong. <laughs> I spelled it edit on the <laughs> I hate when I catch my own typos because I, I catch people, others' typos. I'll be reading, you know, even professional uh, articles, things of that nature, and I'll see a typo in, and I'll be like, hey, the editor, whoever edits this, how'd they miss that? And I just uh, missed that myself. <laughs> so I just performed one of my own pet peeves. Uh, but anyway, uh, one of them even tweeting it as unconstitutional and freedom and peaceful assembly, or assemble. <clears throat> I think I might have misspelled that wrong. <laughs> Oh, I must have been in a rush putting that together. But anyway, you, you get the gist of it. And, yeah, I mean, they're talking about uh, Facebook, for instance, uh, not letting people plan uh, protests, all, you know, in groups on the website. They're going to delete them. They're going to delete the events. They're going to, I guess, what, they get delete posts? I mean, that's why we got, you know, today combating the socialist fascist reaction to the coronavirus. Because the more this goes on, and you would think that since they're even talking about reopening, at least some are, the country, they're, they're having these, these, these fascist ideas. I mean, I, I said on Twitter a few people, it's like you even had some uh, governors out there who, who were promoting people reporting or turning in their neighbors and, you know, I, don't, I can't remember if they said even neighbors, turn in your neighbors, re, report your neighbors. And if you find them not practicing social distancing, and then we got a frightening uh, video tonight. It's audio, but you can watch the video unless YouTube takes that down. Um, called contract uh, tracing. Uh, well, I did. It says contract tracing, but it should say contact. So I guess, man, I got misspellings all over the place here in this this thing tonight. I'm so sorry. Oh man. Well, I guess it could happen to anybody. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, you'll see it says contract tracing, but it should say contact tracing with the Clintons. Um, so I guess I re, I guess I, I, I spelled that wrong too, so I apologize for that. But yeah, that is a frightening video, and that's uh, thanks to uh, our panelist uh, Kelly Mordecai uh, brought that to my attention. That's certainly something you're not going to want to miss. I mean, yeah, it'd be you know, great to be able to see it, but if they do take it down, you'll be able to hear it on the archive here uh, on the show tonight. Um, 
So, you know, while we're waiting for our uh, guests to come in, uh, I am waiting on, uh, you know, with Jim, you, you just kind of never know. He's, he can always get that last-minute phone call uh, before he comes in. So we, I, I was going to wait until after he came on to play that audio. I'm still going to wait a little bit because uh, first we got an article uh, that we can, you know, go that, that, that ties in uh, to, um, you, know, th- you know, this portion of our discussion. And this one is kind of a happy story. And of course this is going to happen in, you know, Texas. Uh, and so this, you know, like a lot of the articles you hear tonight, you'll be able to find on the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at the uh, newsroom page by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and go to the newsroom page. Uh, that You can even subscribe uh, to the Bard's Logic newsroom. You can subscribe there, and then you'll get your weekly updates uh, for, you know, the – you know, every time the new articles come for the Bars Logic Newsroom, so you can get email updates by subscribing. And so if you have not subscribed to that already, it's a free subscription. It doesn't cost you anybody, you know, anything but your time. Um, and so, yeah, go ahead and, uh, and do that. You can do that on the website. And so this article here that we'll start before you know, we'll be able to uh, hear from Jim by then. Um, and welcome to folks who already called in. Would you like to chime in? Push the one on the number dial. And, of course, we will get, get you into the show. And this one says, officials back down from enforcing coronavirus orders against defiant Texas restaurants. Mm. Hey, take a drink of coffee. That's so good. But anyway, <laughs> Harrison County law enforcement officials backed down as the owner of the Federal American Grill decided to reopen his restaurant on the city's west side, despite orders directing restaurants to be closed except for curbside orders. Multiple law enforcement agencies in Houston said they were not responsible for enforcing the ordinance. Quote, we've complied 100% until now, Bryce told the Houston Chronicle, Chronicle. What I don't like is that the government is picking and choosing which businesses win or lose. They are sinking the economy. We have to stand our ground and get people back to work. After he announced the reopening of his restaurant for dining in, customers flocked to his side. Bryce said he is only seating up to 30% of his capacity in order to maintain social distancing. Customers reacted positively to the reopening. Quote, we are ready to get out and have some fun with our girlfriends. I've read all the precautions Bryce is taking, and I think it's fabulous, end quote. Houston resident Brenda Cheney told the local newspaper. In contrast to Dallas, Houston law enforcement officials chose not to enforce the prohibition against in-house dining at the restaurant. No law, enforcement, quote, no law enforcement officers or agencies attempted to stop or cite Bryce for defying Harris County's stay-at-home order which limits restaurants to delivery and takeout orders in an effort to slow the spreading of the novel coronavirus, the Houston Chronicle wrote. The Houston newspaper contacted several police agencies, including the Harris County Sheriff's Office, Harris County Fire Marshal, Precinct Fine Constable Office, and the Houston Police Department. It said the different agencies was responsible for enforcement of the to-go or curbside-only orders. In contrast, law enforcement officials in Dallas ticketed 
the owner of a hair salon after she reopened in defiance of Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins' stay-at-home order, Breitbart, Texas, reported. Dallas police officers and fire department investigators came to a local hair salon numerous times after the owner stood up to county and state officials opening her business on a limited service basis. WFAA ABC 8 in Dallas reported. Shortly after lunch, fire department officials issued a citation for what they called her illegal reopening. Illegal reopening, guys and gals. Illegal reopening. And that's, again, why I'm saying we are combating the socialist, fascist reaction to the coronavirus. And, you know, again, I was hoping to uh, play this audio later on the show. It's only seven minutes, so maybe I will for, for later listeners to get their reaction. So it's probably not a bad idea to play it multiple times. But as we're waiting for Jim Connor Jr. to come on to the show, uh, then we're going to play this audio. Now, what you're hearing here is, I tell you what, my reaction to this was, I mean, when I heard it, especially the last part, uh, the last part was, was, was unbelievable. And this is what this is what's happening. This is what they're planning. Uh, and, again, I want to thank uh, Kelly for bringing that on. And we do have Kelly on the line, so if you want to speak to it on the uh, – you know, after we play it, Kelly, you're, you're certainly more than welcome to. But we'll get uh, people's responses. So push the, the one on your number dial uh, when you – uh, you know, when you want to get in. So let me go ahead and, again, I'm playing this a little earlier than I wanted to, but let's go ahead and get in. Again, we, we may even play a couple times for, for latecomers uh, into the show, but, you know, we have plenty of time. So here we go. We need tracing agents in the hundreds and hundreds of people, right? You take the test and then you trace back all the contacts. It's never been done on this scale before. This is an army of tracers, they're basically investigators. Uh, we will do that the best we can with, these, uh, with this seven-state consortium. But it could have been done from the federal government on a much tighter, more efficient basis. You know, I agree with you on this. this contact tracing is very important, and it could enable our entire country for the first time to have a real public health system, a real public health core. And uh, I've thought about it in a lot of different ways. Could we, could we make this a part of AmeriCorps and encourage people to come and do this work and earn some credits to go to college, for example? Um, is there some other way we could do it? But I, I know that uh, my friend, uh, whom you know well, Paul Farmer, uh, is heading up a program for Massachusetts now to try to get a state contact tracing core. Do you think maybe you could get um, the governors to ask the Congress to fund that as a part of all this money they're giving you? Or maybe it's legal now to spend some of the money. But we need a national core of healthy people who are properly trained to go out and do this contact tracing. We need the bodies. And it seemed to us as though no sort of systematic or um, concerted efforts around contact tracing were taking place in Massachusetts. So um, the governor here, Governor Baker, um, invited us to be part of a consortium 
um, and to offer some of the insights and experience we've had in other countries in hiring and training a, um, a group, really a, a, a whole cadre of community health workers um, or contact tracers rather, I can't help but say community health workers. And they would be um, uh, virtually trained, they are being virtually uh, trained and deployed right now. What we would do with this is that we would, this virtual group of contact tracers um, would contact anybody who has tested positive to learn about their recent activities, um, who they may have been in contact with, and ensure that they can take steps to make sure that they can stay healthy and not spread the virus any further. So the partnership essentially is building on infrastructure that already exists in a place like Massachusetts. Um, and it needs to be part of a whole, um, whole system. So that includes you know, ramping up testing. It includes providing uh, really dignified isolation and treatment that, of everyone who's sick. And it's ensuring that people can be quarantined um, and at times separated in a very supportive um, way. We had something like 7,000 people, 9,000 people apply within the first couple of days to be contact tracers so that we can actually use people who are out of place, um, out of work rather, um, who can be trained, even lay people, um, to do this work. It felt like a good, good thing for the economy also. But one of the things that you have to be able to do is to track people who are positive. Where were they? Who were they in contact with? How can you hem up any recurrence of this? Um, Massachusetts has recently announced that they're going to try to build a statewide tracking program, and they've asked partners in health to run it for them. And they're one of my partners in the work we've done in Africa, Haiti, and other places. But where are we going to get all these contact tracers? Uh, should we have, like, should, like you did with, uh, California did with the Conservation Corps of Young People, should we have a contract tracer corps, even if we call it something more elegant? Should we yeah. really build the first public health network we've ever really built in this country around this issue? Uh, I think the answer is absolutely yes, and, and I, I love the Massachusetts example. We were able to learn uh, from them. We're all sharing best practices in real time. Uh, but this is an interesting point that's often not brought up. Uh, we have tracing capacity that predates COVID-19. It goes back to SARS, measles, TB, uh, et cetera. Tracking and tracing capacity that exists in the county levels primarily uh, and increasing capacity at the state level. So what we're doing is we're building off that existing infrastructure and using the tools of technology to overlay. In addition to that, we're using AmeriCorps specifically I uh, thank you as a champion for AmeriCorps uh, for decades. Uh, we've been able to take advantage of that workforce, obviously our conservation uh, core. What we have now is called Cal Volunteers in the spirit of Sarge Shriver. Uh, we are asking people, thousands of folks, to be part of this new core, to get trained and to help us with the tracing because you're absolutely right. The predicate for getting back to some semblance of normalcy is our ability to identify individuals through testing, to be able to trace their contacts, to isolate individuals uh, that have uh, either uh, been exposed or quarantined people that are tested positive. And that's just going to require an army of folks and the capacity of consideration from individuals.
to allow uh, for their privacy uh, to be impacted by that kind of acuity of attention based upon where they've been and who they talked to. And the capacity of consideration from individuals to allow uh, for their privacy uh, to be impacted by that kind of acuity of attention based upon where they've been and who they talked to. And at the moment, in most parts of the world, <clears throat> due to lockdown, most of the transmission that's actually happening in many countries now is happening in the household, at family level. In some senses, transmission has been taken off the streets and pushed back into family units. Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. Unbelievable, folks, that we do have uh, one of the founders of uh, Watch the Boat USA, Jim Connett Jr., on the line. We're certainly going to make a uh, comment on that audio. I hope, Jim, uh, you were able to hear a lot of that. We may play it again uh, later on tonight in the show. But, but unbelievable. Expect, you know, again, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk later. We may even play it again. It's only seven-minute clips. So it's kind of uh, early. And I do want the other and late listeners to hear it as well. So, uh, But let's go ahead at this time because he you know, talked about those two sheriffs of Washington and other things, of course. And that's uh, our good friend Jim Connett, Jr. Thank you very much, Jim, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, how you doing, uh, Robert? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear all right. Pays it in and out a little bit, but we'll, I'll let you know if we can. Okay, now wait a minute then. Hold on, hold on. Is it any better now? Yes. I may have to move. I may have to move. I'm still – I was about to go home, but I didn't know you'd come to me so fast. Uh, oh, that's listen, okay. I mean, that, I can make some comments on that audio if you want. <laughs> well, that's that, that's a very important audio. That was the World Health Organization guy, wasn't it? Well, no. Actually, that was um, – no. no actually, I, that was actually Bill Clinton. That was also uh, – you didn't hear her, but on the video – you seen Hillary? I mean, uh, Chelsea Clinton talked to somebody. Uh, it was also, um, I think, uh, oh my gosh, the guy in California. I'm having a brain freeze. Governor California. The governor. The governor. Yeah, I think it was the Gavin governor. Newsom. I think it was governor. Yeah, I think it was Newsom. And you know, I should I should have hold it up. And then at the end, it was some guy I didn't know, uh, but he, he was obviously I think, from another country. I I think the guy that said we're going to take people out of their house in a dignified manner was the head of the World Health Organization. Um, no, I don't think it was him. That guy's a, um, I don't think it was him. But it was, I, I, well, he said it, too. He did, yeah, you're they right. It sounded, like it, yeah. An American vo- it sounded like an American voice. But that guy with the World Health Organization, he said it, too. He said we're going to have to come and take people out of your homes who are infected and, and put them in a safe place. So, now can you hear me okay now? Yes. Huh? I can. Okay. I was going to say that the uh, Dennis Prager, does that name ring a bell? Yes. Okay, Dennis Prager is a commentator. I always watch him because I feel he's one of the guys that tells you what he's really thinking. He's not running 
his words through his fil- mental filter five times before he says anything. He wrote a column today basically saying, I didn't realize, I, I was not believing there was a, uh, like a conspiracy or an organized force trying to put us under communism. But he said, that's what this is. That's what this coronavirus is. They're trying to alter our way of life to we, to, to where we begin to act like and obey the government like a communist country. So you might look his, Dennis Prager, P-R-A-G-E-R, look his column up today. He runs Prager, Prager University that has put out a number of documentaries. Yeah, I've, I've heard of them. I've heard of them. So, yeah, this is, this is, in my opinion, the people like DeWine, who's brain dead and spineless, or people like I'm, Bashir. I'm not a fan of him. Please? I, I'm you not a what? fan of him. I am not a fan of DeWine. <laughs> right. Well, I, he and the other governors are all taking orders from their background handlers. All of them are putting out the same stuff. Somebody said the other night that if you take the state and the governor's name away, all the edicts look about exactly the same, give or take a little. And in uh, all of them, when when uh, Laura Ingram announced the hydroxychloroquine cure, and when Trump announced it to the nation, having learned about it on Laura, then all the governors, like around March 23rd, put out roadblocks to the doctors prescribing this drug that's been used for 75 years to their patients. It's never had any roadblocks on it. They all put roadblocks on it, like a week of bureaucratic stuff. And the media has been moving heaven and earth to discredit it. I'm sure you've noticed that. And it's, it's, it's uh, the only study that is really credible so far of a large study was the head contagious disease doctor in France named Dr. Didier Rayolt, R-A-O-U-L-T. He did a 24-person study about five weeks ago. All 24 had the hacking cough, which is the deadly, the only deadly version of this uh, corona. All 24 were cured. Then they said, well, we need more people. So he did 1,061 people that he just released last week, and Laura Ingram got the English translation in full yesterday. And of those 1,061 that took hydroxychloroquine and erythromycin, which is like the Z-pack, the five-pack antibiotic, uh, they uh, 91% were cured of the symptoms. There were two bad side effects, but neither one of them were fatal. And so this is what the media is hiding. And Laura Ingram is, and Hannity and Tucker, but especially Laura Ingram, is getting this to the public. Because if people get that hacking cough, they need to take this, or they can have permanent lung damage within seven days or die. Also, it's come out from MDs on Laura's show that 80% of the people that are going on to uh, uh, 80% of the people that are going to these ventilators are dying. Only 20% that go on a ventilator come out the other end and uh, alive. And Dr. Yang, or excuse me, Zong of Nevada, was telling Laura Ingram that's why they need to get people on this hydroxychloroquine so quickly, because if not to go on a ventilator, 80% of them are dying. And even if they come off, a lot of them have lung damage. So this is to me a uh, and the, the other 99% is just the flu. The other 99%, what they're calling COVID-19 or coronavirus, is just the flu. That's why the hospitals are empty. The hospitals in New York City have always been half empty or empty. I believe they're grossly falsifi- falsifying the death count out of New York City, which claims they have half of the deaths 
or in New York City, they claim. So I believe they're grossly falsifying that. I know they're falsifying the death counts in Ohio and Kentucky and everywhere else. I, I'm, I'm wondering if even 2% are actually uh, people that were healthy, got coronavirus, and then were sick, uh, and then died. The people that they're reading every day, it's shameless. They'll say, like, for instance, Bashir of Kentucky said yesterday, we have a 96-year-old man in a nursing home. We have a 93-year-old man in a nursing home. We have an 86-year-old woman in a nursing home, and then we have a 55-year-old man. Those are four of the people that died. Well, these are all people dying of other things, and maybe uh, corona is pushing them over the line. Maybe that's the last thing, like the flu, that pushes them over the line. But to call these corona deaths and have everybody petrified that when they walk past somebody in Kroger's, that that is that that is they might die the next week. This is not happening. You know, the 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 uh, only old people and people with severe illnesses, severe immune problems, are dying. So this is the shutdown was completely unjustified. It was a, if I dare use the word. It was a conspiracy by the five TV networks. They did the same thing they did when they lied us into the Iraq war. It was one day about March 20th. It was an all-out jihad. Everybody was dying. More, you know, they never reported the flu, what was happening when we lost many more people in the last few years to the flu. But you know, the deaths are increasing. The so-called infections are increasing. And no one – you treat it like an anti-American if you dissented from their thing. But that, that's what I do, uh, Robert. I watch the TV networks, watch what they do, and they all – this was a – whether you want to believe they created the virus and then the media pushed it or whether you want to believe the virus was something God allowed and was natural, whatever it was, around March 20th, all the networks started pushing this narrative. And that's why people are so scared that they have, have accepted these communist – controls on us all and now the rebellion's starting though you know because a lot of sheriffs are beginning to say i'm not going to enforce it well yeah now tell, yeah and speaking of that you get more um and we're going to get uh get you in joseph and, and you mentioned about the two sheriffs that you know because i didn't get the uh, you know, the whole story like you know with sheriffs and things of that nature yeah that's uh, okay, okay i don't know they're I don't know the names off the top of my head, but two sheriffs in Washington state came out two or three days ago and said, we will not enforce the stay at home or the business is closed anymore. Everybody can be cautious, do what they want, but we're not enforcing anything else that is violating peaceful assembly. Now, a sheriff in Oklahoma yesterday, I don't have any of these names. Maybe I can get them. But when you go to talk to others, maybe I can look it up and get you the exact names because these are big stories. The sheriff in Oklahoma said, I'm not enforcing any laws that violate the Constitution, and I'm not going to violate people's right to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, Rumor has it that maybe Richard K. Jones may come out. He's the sheriff in Butler County in Ohio, that he may come out and say a similar thing later this week or early next week, and I surely hope he does. So uh, I'll try to get those specifics while you're taking calls from other people. I'll try to get those specifics. Those sheriff's important stories are very important. There was also a diner outside of Houston on the highway outside of Houston. I think it was called the Federal, the American Federal Grill, something like that. They opened up about last weekend, 
and started serving people inside in defiance of the illegal edict of uh, Governor Abbott of Texas. Now, I don't know whether they're still open or whether they got shut down or not, but they were one of the first to come out and say, no, we're serving inside our restaurant. They have no right to do this. And that and that's the case, Robert. Uh, USC, I believe it is 18, Section 22, uh, says that if a government official uses their power to deprive uh, citizens of their constitutional rights without just cause, they can spend uh, from a year to a life in prison. It applies to police officers. It specifically mentions police officers, elected officials, governors. They cannot use their power to abridge our constitutional rights unless it's justified. And now we know that all this scare of a million deaths, all the hospitals are empty or half empty. Uh, I know someone in an emergency room in one of the hospitals in greater Cincinnati that's been there for 20 years. She says their hospital has yet to have one case of uh, coronavirus, not one case so far. So uh, this is all a media hype to try to get Americans used to the fact that we now have lost America. The kids can't graduate. Kids can't have parties. No baseball games. I remember how the media was celebrating when they got Boston to cancel the St. Patrick's Day parade. They were just celebrating. Hey, the first time in 250 years Boston canceled the the uh, and it was like they're celebrating. They talk about the virus as if it's their best friend, and I could go on and on, but I don't want to. I don't want to monopolize the show when you got other callers. But uh, that's that's some well, of my giddy. thoughts. But no, we're <laughs> huh? What? They're giddy. They're giddy with it. I mean, they they are. They what yeah. they think. That, well, two things. One, they think it's their, now they think this. The next thing in the kitchen sink. Uh, so we've got a number of callers. We'll get you in. If uh, your sound goes off just because I'm doing uh, some green room just to get your name. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, they're giddy. They, I mean, they've tried everything under the kitchen sink, and this is the next thing that they want to try to yeah. use uh, to get rid of Trump. And now they think this is going to do it, and that's why the Democrats want to keep this shutdown going. Uh, maybe not even Democrats because you have our own Mike DeWine, right? Um, right. want to keep this shutdown well, he's not, going. He's, not, he's a right you know, yeah, Mike Ryan's been a true. rhino for and, and it, for, for following orders from the background forces. They made him he in 2006 in the Senate. He filed that his net worth was 37 million dollars, and he's basically been in public office his whole life. That's what happens when yeah. you are a good yes man for the background forces. They put you on boards and you get a lot of money. So um, Paul Ryan, that's John Kasich. That's uh, um, this fellow, uh, Mike DeWine. So, yeah, no, these governors and Amy Acton, who is our health director in uh, Ohio, these governors are the executioners of not only people by holding back the hydroxychloroquine uh, cure by trying to make it hard to get, but they're, exec- they're the executioners of, of our, our rights without just cause because nobody's in the hospital. It's not a pandemic. And they're causing millions of families to go into debt uh, very severely to these 28% credit cards in some cases. And they're mm-hmm. causing hundreds of thousands of businesses to either be on the verge of bankruptcy or actually declaring bankruptcy. A very kind of high-class restaurant in Blue Ash named Parker's, their location in Blue Ash, uh, they just announced it's closing for good. So yeah, this is a – and look at this as a power grab like 1929, which was a totally artificially created uh, recession uh, or depression. 
this is 1929 on steroids. They're planning to have a transfer of wealth from the middle class up to the uh, uh, one percenters, the, the banksters, uh, who are really not legitimate capitalists. They're monopoly capitalists. They're, they want communism for us so they can run it. They're not free enterprise people that want an even playing field. So they're trying to transfer as much money from these middle-class businesses to themselves and hope that as many of these middle-class businesses are bankrupt and the families are in horrible debt if they can keep the company, the country shut down long enough. Yeah, and, and, and that was the – well, two things. Yeah, they think it's going to be the best thing to, to, to help or get rid, help them get rid of Trump. And two is – Especially with that audio, we'll play it again later, folks. So hang on, stay on the show. We're going to play that audio again that we played in the beginning of the show. It's about seven minutes long, but we've got two and a half hours almost, so we got plenty of time. Even though it, it will go fast, I, I guarantee it. It always does. Uh, but yeah, just like that mm-hmm. audio, you know, people haven't heard it. A flavor is that I mean, they're, they're getting cause now. They feel like they could get their uh, they, they could get their agenda passed. I mean, look at Pelosi and what right. she's trying to get passed inside the bill. Look at this uh, this tracing, this contact tracing, where they want to know where everybody's at at all times. They want to be able to take right. people, you know, off the streets and out of their. That's theirs. That's their. They're not just socialists. That's their fascist agenda of what they're yeah, trying and, to do. And and, and that's right. in plain sight because they feel safe. They feel safe now. This is what they've always been. And even in the audio, you say, oh, we've been trying to do this for decades. Now that we've got yeah. the coronavirus and, they, and the media, that what I call the alphabet media, have, these, have people scared, what they're doing is now they, now they feel like, and I think incorrectly, they're, I think they're wrong in this, but they think that now they've got enough people scared, that now they yeah. can be, you know, they can just put out what their, what their true nature and their true agenda is, and people are going to just fall in line and say, yeah, yeah, let's do that, let's do that. And I'm fighting myself, well, yeah. and I'm going to get you in, Joseph, Kelly, and then 605 will get you in. Um, yeah, one remember, more I can't remember Robert, who said – go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I just, I'm going I just off want a tangent. To say one more. No, no, you did good. That was good. That was good. I just wanted to say one more thing that um, – yeah, it's a communist and a fascist. It's, it's combined. The fascists would be government and business together, and that would be like uh, YouTube. And uh, you know that Laura Ingram had on the two doctors the two MDs who gave a press conference in L.A. last uh, weekend, and they said this is not science. Something beyond science is going here because it's not justified to shut the country down. And they made about five or six other good points. Laura said so many people sent us your, your – uh, this is two nights ago. So many people sent us your press conference video. We thought we'd better have you on. So she interviewed him for about 10 minutes starting at about 10 minutes after 10 Eastern. The end of the show, she has a thing called Last Bite, and it's usually something humorous. So she said, come back after the commercial. We got a really unusual half last bite. So she came back and she said, since we had Dr. Erickson and the other doctor on 50 minutes ago, YouTube has removed their press conference from YouTube. So that's your fascism. These uh, Facebook, YouTube combining with the government, and then communism is just the government becoming brutal. And the old the old white men, the, uh, the founding fathers, the Second Amendment still has them checkmated. It looks like they're going to back off. Uh, now, does everybody know this? I, I just want to make sure this is another thing I just thought of. Has everybody seen uh, uh, Dr. Fauci, the enemy of mankind? Has every, anybody ever, everybody seen him at Georgetown University 2017, three years ago? He said, I can, I can tell you that there's going to be a surprise pandemic in the Trump presidency. 
He said that to a public audience at Georgetown University three years ago, you can check it out yourself. Uh, by the way, Bill Gates is going to be on CNN tomorrow night, Thursday night at 8 o'clock Eastern. I would recommend watching that because Gates is one of the devils. He's one of the moral. He said recently, this will not be over till we vaccinate everybody on the planet. And uh, it's come out today that there is nano something or others that's one fortieth as thick of a, as a hair that they can put in these vaccines. And then they kind of, I guess, they're kind of track you from within where you are. And I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's a tracing. Yeah, there's a tracing they want. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, that's what people need to really start being scared is when they do the forced vaccinations. And let me tell you something. When They're going to start with the kids first. Oh, well, they can't go to school unless these get these vaccinations. Um, I, I can see that well, happening. Yeah, if they come for our guns, if they try to cut off food, and by the way, these governors are causing food shortages. Came out in the press today. We're going to have meat shortages. Trump just signed something to try to keep the meat plants open. But if, right. if you have, uh, if they come for our guns, if they try to cut off food, if they come to forcibly vaccinate us and our, and our kids, that's when Thomas Jefferson, when he said we have to water the tree of liberty with the blood of tyrants every thirty or forty years. That's when that quote comes into effect. I didn't say that. Thomas Jefferson said that. But we cannot let them forcibly vaccinate us or our kids because they're going to have some nasty – vaccines may work in many cases, and they have been proven to work in some cases, but in some cases. But now we – I think the agenda, yeah. It's the agenda behind It's going to have some nasty, nasty stuff in it. So let, let me yield the floor, Robert, so you can get some of these other folks on. I'm going to hang up for a second. got to carry stuff into my house. Then I'll call back in in about five minutes, okay? All right. Sounds good. I'll get you back in once I see uh, your area. Fine, I may try uh, to just listen. I'm, I, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll get you in to listen. I'm sure we'll want to get some more commentary No, no, I, just, I was uh, going to say I think I can listen. I'm just going to disconnect my phone. I think it's charged. I'm going to put myself on mute and listen because I don't want to miss – Kelly or anybody else's comments, okay? Sounds good. It's, yeah, and that's how we got. First, we've got uh, Joseph on the line. I'm going in the, in the line of people calling in and pushing the not one on your number dial to chime in. So if you'd like to get in tonight, push the one on your dialer. I will get you in. We've got plenty of time. So if it seems like, oh, my gosh, it's been a while since, uh, you know, he told me he's going to let me in. I haven't been in yet. I, I promise you'll get in as long as you stay on the line. I'll, uh, I'll let you in and get you into the show. Uh, we've got plenty of time. We've got two hours left. So we've got plenty of time to get ev- get everybody on. Um, but right now, the first way it's going to go, we've got uh, we're going to have uh, Joseph from Hawaii. Then we got Kelly from California. We have 605. I'm going to get your name a little bit. Uh, that's from South Dakota. We have someone in Kentucky. We have other callers. If you'd like to get in, push the one on your number dial. We'll get you in. Uh, so first, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those shows. I wish I had four hours. But anyway, let's go ahead and get in uh, Joseph from uh, Hawaii. Thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, thank you, Robert. Um, uh, please don't mind the noise. I'm actually shopping in uh, Walmart wearing my mask, which I could barely breathe wearing the mask. I just came back from my financial institution. So this is uh, what Pandemic America looks like. Uh, people were looking at me like they were going to have a heart attack just because my cart, God forbid, got too close to theirs. And uh, I got to take off this mask so I could breathe a little bit. And, um, you know, it's, 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 I feel like I'm in one of those apocalyptic movies, end of the world, you know, and 
you just see like 20 survivors and all these burned out cars and you know it's just um it it never had to be this way and i'm going to tell you that this was created and i'm not even going to say the party because of that would be lumping everyone in there but this was created by various political leaders with a different agenda that put our economy at such high risk and shut us down to win an election. Clear and cut. And anyone who would like to argue with me on that, hey, I, I, give me a call. We'll have an intelligent debate and then tell me why are all the red – why the governors all the red states are the ones that are already beginning to open up the government. And why are the ones with the blue states making excuses to keep it closed? You know, I'm going to call it the way I see it right down the line. Uh, It's a a travesty because a lot of the red states, including Georgia, South Dakota, South Carolina, um, you know, they're they're opening up. Uh, Texas, they're opening up. How is it inconceivable that New York, the Mecca, and, and California and big states like that, or even small states like Hawaii, still making excuses not to open up. And at the end of the day, as I've been saying on your show week after week, I got I know a lot of people that are growing angrier and angrier. And remember, I'm in a state that's predominantly liberal. And at this point, they don't care about that anymore. They're just, they just cannot endure the hurt anymore. And they're like, you know, whoever's head is, needs to be on the chopping block in November, their head is going to be on the chopping block in November because they are messing with our livelihood. And they are hurting the ones we love. And more and more and more people of the Aloha State of Hawaii are, are, are saying that to, to the point where it, it's, it's not a left or right issue anymore. It's just an issue of. These are the morons that are in charge of our state. Open us up. Enough is enough. Stop this. For example, in in Hawaii, they extended the stay-at-home orders till May 31st, and they're just going to open up small businesses on May the 1st. When they have all the testing kits, because the Trump administration on Monday announced that there is no excuse for none of the governors to start phase one because we are providing them with the exact number of test number kits to test people for COVID-19 that they need to, to qualify for phase one. So if none of the governors are heeding that, uh, it, it even shows more bias of a political agenda. And also at the same time for Nancy Pelosi to not want to convene the House. I mean, it's so clear to so many people for the first time, I think the progressive base is seeing their leaders or so-called leaders for what they really are. And they're really mad. And I'm getting that a lot in Hawaii. I'm getting a lot of mad liberals. I never thought I'd see the day. Mad liberals that are not at, 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 the, at their liberal establishment, at their beloved uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who they honor as a shrine on MSNBC and CNN. But I could tell you, Robert, that is not the sentiment of the base, of the little people, because to them we're just the little people. That is not the sentiment whatsoever. And so... There's going to be hell to pay, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it out two more months. I'm going to write it out two more months in Hawaii. I love this place. It has its pros. It has its cons. Uh, but if they do not start reopening by the end of June, 
I will be forced to have to leave everything that I've worked so hard to build, Robert. Two and a half years I've been here. Next In May, we'll make it two years and seven months. And I'm going to be forced to move to a red state that's already opened. What, what, what choice are many people going to have? You're going to have a lot of people leaving Hawaii and a lot of people leaving expensive states because it's either that or I could dry my savings dry, which would be the stupidest thing to do. And then I put myself in the streets and that's ain't going to happen. So, okay, May 31st, they're going to make an announcement. But if they, ex- if they extend after June 31st, I'm on a plane. I haven't researched what state yet. All of them are going to be cold in the winter. I'm not going to be happy about that. But, Robert, I must do what I have to do to survive. And I think you're going to see that trend. I think you're going to see a lot of people from blue states who are going to take their money wisely and be forced to go before they're bled dry with nothing. And uh, I hope it doesn't come to that because I'll leave you with one more thing before I defer back to you. What I've also been saying on this show is that our country cannot function unbalanced. You cannot half of our country be functioning and half of our country not be functioning. And in a few months, the way the map is going to look like, in a few months, the way the map is going to look like is it's going to look like all the red states are open, all the blue states are closed, but eventually even the people in the red states, it's going to come back and hurt them. It's just more like of a short-term band-aid because you can't have a country that's just half-functioning. And I'll defer back to you, Robert. Thank you. Well, you know, hopefully you'll be able to stick it out. Who knows? Maybe a a red wave will finally hit Hawaii, not that I'm holding my my breath on that. But then you know what? Texas is warm, and uh, and so is Florida. Florida's right now a red state right now. So maybe Florida – now, of course, I'd love to have you here in Ohio – uh, but if you want to go somewhere that doesn't have the snow, um, then maybe Florida or Texas is there for you. So let's go ahead and bring in uh, Kelly, and we'll keep your mic on, but if there's too much uh, background noise, if just mute it, and I'll, you know I'll get you back on the show. But, okay, we've got – okay, here we got the line. We've got Kelly now, then we have Joe uh, from Montana, not South Dakota, and then we have Cheryl from Kentucky. So let's go ahead and get uh, – California here with our good friend uh, Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. In the uh, in the process of helping a homeless person get back to uh, Montana from California, and uh, yeah, that's kind of an interesting adventure. And then I have some stalkers. I have uh, Marilyn the cat. Not my cat. She keeps stalking me. And then there were six chicks that got out from the neighbor's property, ended up in my backyard. Little chicks, you know, chickens. And so now I have yeah, I thought chicks you meant, talking. I thought you meant girlfriends, Kelly, but go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, these were born from eggs, you know, chicken eggs. Anyway, it's just kind of uh, amusing. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, I sent you that uh, video. I'm glad you played it because it's just kind of a red flag for a lot of people. And it's fascinating how they, they named it uh, – uh, contact tracing, tracing. Oh, just you know, like connect the dots. You know how the left likes to control the narrative with very precise words like gravitas and things like that. Tracing. How about tracking? Let's call it what it is. Tracking. How about individual tracking? Oh, but you gotta give up some. Just, just give up a little of your liberty for a little more security. And of course, as we know, Benjamin Franklin said. He who would exchange a little freedom for a little more security deserves neither. 
so yeah. And you know, well, I've been seeing that quote all day and could not remember who did it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Benjamin Franklin. All right, so you know, the first two people that were on that video were Bill Clinton and Cuomo, the governor of New York. Cuomo, okay, okay. Yeah, it was Cuomo. Actually, he's done some. You know, I'm watching some of his uh, press conferences, and he's once he got on, and he you know does a pretty decent job. And him and Trump are working together some, um, but there's some brilliance in what Trump is doing. I'll get to that later. But you know what we ought to do? You know, we really want to get rid of all disease. I mean, gosh, we got to get rid of this paper currency, all the germs on that thing. You know, your dollar five, twenty dollar bills. Oh my gosh, all the germs. Let's get rid of that. You know. And how about uh, well, we have a debit card and all that gets stolen. That doesn't work. So let's just put a chip in everybody's right hand or their forehead. And then you can trace, not track, trace. You can trace everybody's movement. You get rid of the disease. You go to a digital currency. You know, let's just steal this. Oh, wouldn't that be just, I'm being facetious. Because your privacy would be gone to Fourth Amendment. Um, hmm. anyway, well, you heard what that last guy but, said on that audio. Well, you know, oh, well, people, you know, they're going to have to give up some of their, pri- you know, they got to be okay with giving up some of their privacy. And we're going to play that audio again. So, so stay on the show tonight, guys. It's an it's a, a important uh, video to check out, or uh, audio, and then I am going to play it again. Go ahead, y'all. Oh, boy. So, yeah, the uh, Fourth Amendment's there for a reason. Uh, the, right to secure, the right to be secure in your person's property and effects, except under uh, judicial warrant signed under oath, um, yeah, privacy is a very huge value uh, to the quality of our life. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's just it's just mind blowing, you know. We, how much will the deep state or the powers that be get out of this coronavirus? You know, sure, it looks like we're going to get past it with hydrochloroquine and other things. Um, I, I'm hearing now CBDs too. I'm like, well, that's interesting, marijuana derivative. Anyway, let's see the tests. But the tests are coming out. We're going to see it when this, we look back. We're going to see how many states were Democrats, Republicans. What did they do? Georgia is opening up. I think Cuomo said, well, once we're on the downside of the curve, we're going to wait four weeks. Well, you know, like Joseph mentioned, hundreds of thousands of businesses, other things. Or was it Jim that mentioned? Doesn't I mean, Joseph is suffering. We all appreciate and like Joseph. Um you know, and I hope he gets through these tough times okay. Texas doesn't have much cold in the winter, but uh I'll just throw that out to you. Ter- terribly hot summers now. Anyway, um, so there's some things Trump's doing, and I watched the video, and this is absolutely stunning what Trump was doing. He um, he was talking – okay, there's a QAnon thing, and there's a bunch more posts recently from uh, you know QMAP. Dot pub, and uh, so Trump's doing some things, and I've always been wondering why in the world does Trump do things like rinse Priebus for your chief of staff, the chair of the Republican Party? I was like, are you, I was so furious when I heard yeah, that. He, tr- no, I, he trusted people, but go. <laughs> well, there's there's a bigger picture to what's going on. Trump is a brilliant strategist, so this is explained very well by. Um, praying medic. That's what he goes by. He's big into health food and healthy and getting people. But anyway, political as well and very smart. 
he explained that Trump keeps doing um, – he lets the left have front stage center. He does this over and over to show the American people their folly. And for example, with the wall, he wanted a wall. He campaigned on the wall. People voted, yeah, we want the wall. And so he gets in office, and Nancy Pelosi says, nope, 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 not going to have your wall. Well, Trump used the military funding anyway. He, if he was going to go right away for the military funding, he would. But he had a strategy. Let the left expose themselves first. He's still getting what he wants and building the wall, but he's showing how um, the left is just crazy. So then you had um, – so then you had Fauci, you know, the doctor, CDC doctor. So Fauci, he's far left. He got on MSNBC and was blasting Trump behind his back. Well, you can't behind the back on when there's cameras rolling. Trump not happy. He takes him and says, dude, you don't do this again. You are not the president, basically is what he was saying. And so then Fauci is out there with Bill Gates and George Soros and the CDC and the World Health Organization saying, we should vaccinate, 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 oh, everybody get vaccinated, vaccinated, vaccinated. And so Trump is putting Fauci up there front and center stage for the American people to see the folly. Stimulus package. Nancy Pelosi, delay, 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 delay. We want to have fund abortion. Dude, people are dying, and you're worried about funding abortions? Anyway, so he keeps doing this. He puts it front and center. He lets them have the stage. He lets them do their thing. He lets the American people see these people are idiots. So the governors, Trump was brilliant. Let's let the governors decide whether they're going to open their states or not. Oh, goodness. And then you see the long-term consequences. It was not Trump's decision. It was the governor's. Now, constitutionally, there's an argument whether you can or can't do that. But he chose to let the governors do this. He's letting the media downplay hydrochloroquine so that Trump can – I mean it's endless. Wherever, wherever the Democrat governors cooperate, he'll give – Hydrochloroquine and hundreds of thousands of doses. The Democrats that don't want to work with them, they're going to look really bad. There are certain brilliant strategic things he's doing. Now, with the stimulus package, I'm already hearing reports, even personal firsthand reports, of the banks doing their thing just like they did with the put too big to fail and, and the real estate bubble in 2007-2008. There's a class action lawsuit that happened. I don't know the result. But the banks were not taking the federal monies and helping people refinance, and there was a class action lawsuit in Washington. I actually ended up by accident talking to the guy because the banks weren't doing what the Congress told them to do, directed them to do. They just kept the money for profits. So with this whole stimulus bailout, you go through the banks. The banks are doing it again. They're screwing the American people. Where did their money come from, the federal government? From the people. And so – he lets certain things happen, Trump is, is, so that he can finally later on expose the wackiness of the banks, the powers that be, the deep state, and the liberals. Now, in 2008, nine, or you know, 2007, 8, 9, the bank bailouts, eh, the banksters 
I call them the banksters because well, they're like gangsters, banksters. So the banksters were just screwing the American people. They got away with it. I hope Trump lets them have rope to hang themselves. He goes after them and puts the banksters in jail. I would love to see that happen. So it's it's interesting to see. I've been wondering for years, why are you doing this? Why are you putting Prince Priebus, other people, front stage liberals in your administration? Is to expose them. And so it was a video by uh, Praying Medic. And so I'm like, hmm, this is master strategy. Master strategy. And he's done it a number of times now that I reflect on it. Just gave you a number of examples. Um, you know, the World Health Organization, he defunded him. Why? Because the top person's corrupt, doesn't have medical experience. So we're defunding that. Harvard is now being looked at because of the billions over many decades they've been given. And they're basically squandering, inefficient, doing it, – it's ridiculous. And another report I've heard is Trump is going to be working for the liberties of the American people that they don't have to have a vaccine. Their own medical care system, we've seen that, all right, your, your own choice, killing Obamacare. But secondly, with the vaccines, he's, going to love, he's not going to force it. He's going to, let, he's going to go to bat for the freedoms of the American people. I don't want a vaccine. The state's forcing it on me. The federal government hopefully will step up and say no. It's the individual's choice. Because this is where things are heading with the vaccines and the chips and, and the, the um, contact tracing. Tracking, sorry. It's going to, wait, no. Tracing, tracking. Contact right. tracking. Yeah, this is where this is going is a forced vaccine. You, you want to put your kid in school? We already have this in California. Thou shalt be vaccinated. Isn't it my kid? Isn't it my choice? And kids hate needles anyway, so they don't want it. So you're going to force us to get a vaccination, to get a driver's license, to fly, to um, put your kids in school? I don't think so. I actually signed a waiver before for my son so he didn't have to have the vaccine. Oh, he's just fine. He's healthy. Oh, my gosh. All right. Anyway, so you can see where this is going, and if Trump is going to defend our liberties to choose vaccines or not, great. Huge, huge campaign issue right there. Huge. Even when he was running, I remember he was talking to uh, Dr. Ben Carson about these vaccines. Oh, my gosh, some of these vaccine syringes, it's like that's the kind of size of syringe you, you uh, inject into a horse. We got to ch- – and, and it was interesting. You know, Ben Carson and him still get along, obviously, Secretary of Housing. So, you know, he even got Ben Carson nodding on stage. He doesn't like the massive vaccinations that happened. I heard a story today. I saw many on story. They went slightly Asperger's. After the vaccine, there's a lot of evidence of that. So where are the liberals when it comes to, oh, the right, uh, it's her, a woman's body, her right to choose. Really? Where are you people? You want to force yeah. vaccinations on me and my kids? Where is your right to choose attitude now? Come on, Hillary, Bill Clinton. By the way, Cuomo, this really ticks me off when I saw this. Hillary, Bill Clinton talking to Cuomo. Obviously, it was recent. Bill Clinton, you're not even president anymore. Okay, sorry. And what do you know about? Oh, come on. It just what do you know enough? It, really, Cuomo? Come on. All right. I before I get on a little rampage here, I got to calm down. Justin Amash is running for president, by the way, Libertarian. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we are Justin definitely going to get to that. We are definitely going to get to that later. 
Okay, later. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so I got to calm down, turn it over to somebody else. I hope I'm jogging some people's thoughts that they want to. Everybody's tripping over each other to talk to each other, so I'll turn it back to you. Well, what we're going to do here is, yeah, Joe, um, I like Joe. He's, he's a regular caller in here. Um, he doesn't stay on hold long. I know he, he had to go. He said, you know, last time he called in and he, he um, hung up, he said he had to go. And uh, apparently that's what happened uh, again this time. But he, he, more than 10 minutes or so, Joe's got to go. So maybe next time he calls in, we'll get him right in. But I do like to get people in uh, as they call because I, I believe that's the fair way of doing it. But uh, hopefully Joe will call back. If not, well, Joe, if you listen to the archive, uh, we appreciate it. We hopefully can hear from you <laughs> again on the show, certainly. And uh, I'm, I've got a Skype caller. I, I think I, you may have pushed the one on your number out to get in. I'll get you in the green room in a little bit uh, to uh, see which Skype caller uh, we have in. But since uh, we do not have Joe, uh, we have – and how we'll do it, we've got Cheryl on the line, uh, who's next, up uh, from Kentucky. And then after we uh, have Cheryl on, we will open the mic up back to you, Jim, and then we'll do our roundtable discussion on anything we've discussed further. And then, of course, we've got plenty more to talk about, whether it's Amash uh, doing his exploratory campaign. And believe me, that's on fire on Twitter. Um, and so we'll, you know, we'll talk about that, certainly, because I, I definitely want to talk about that uh, as well and what he's trying, uh, you know, trying to do. But let's go ahead and first. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in Cheryl from Kentucky. Thank you very much, Cheryl, for coming on the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you? Great, great. Uh, great to hear you on the show. Um, uh, as we say here, uh, the floor is yours, or the mic is yours. <laughs> okay, let's see what we can, uh, if we can touch everything I wrote down here. Um, after all, you know, Pelosi mentioned never waste a crisis. And so we have a great crisis that, you know, they um, created. So, um, you know, you know, especially when it was all predicted and, you know, one crisis after another didn't um, get the results they wanted. Um, we're, they're ruthless and, and uh, would give up anything to have the control so they went through very drastic measures um, to have everything uh, come out the way it did. Um, as, you know, then, of course, with never wasting uh, a crisis, you know, talked about um, bringing on a living wage for everyone. Um, you know, there we go to that socialism that the Democrats um, are, keep trying to push down people's throats. Uh, so, Yeah. <laughs> Not a not a good thing to be there. Um, but the other things I want to hit on is um, about the Tyson um, chickens that you know burned up. Um, if you do some research, uh, Arkansas has some yeah, been long known for. Well, yeah, the the Tyson chicken farm had burned up. You know, and supply chain, you know, and so, um, you know, they are willing to um, waste the food chain. Um, but if you go back to it, Arkansas, and with um, Bill Clinton and the Clinton administration, and when he was the Arkansas governor, um, you can tell that uh, you do some research. You will find out about the drug running out of out of Arkansas, and uh, you know, uh, 
Tyson Tyson and Tyson Chicken as is uh, very much part of that. So they have the money to uh, do this, and of course, then if, you know it's always about follow the money, and you know it's always going to come down to follow the money. And George Soros and some and Bill Gates and and the like. Um, you follow it down. They are involved in it to the max. Um, the biggest thing I want to get to is the doctor-patient should be the one to determine health care. Um, you know, with this wonderful epidemic, uh, I know you know that, you know, with my personal situation, um, uh, I have a treatment taken every three months, and because it was considered to be non-essential, um, I can't take it, and it's going to be a two-month delay from when I was supposed to take it to when I can take it. Now, there are other people that have other health care concerns that, you know, by putting them on the it's not important type list, um, you know, but people are dying. People are having health issues because of delaying getting the help that they need. And on mine, unfortunately, it won, it's the one that makes me incapacitated for a day or more at a time. And today was one of those days. So I'm just now kind of getting up to par um, from, from the day. Um, but anyway, I just want to say, um, you know, this all came about because they didn't like Trump. He said, drain the swamp, and the swamp's getting kind of close to where we're getting to items that um, he he shouldn't be hitting on because when he hits upon them, you know, he hits the Pelosi's and, and the Schumer's and you name it. He hits where he didn't, he, uh, you know, it, it just hits too close to home for them, and so they will take the power back from him. And so I guess at this point, I want to turn it back over to you, Rob. Thank you very much, Phil. Well, and we do here on a roundtable discussion is we will now keep your mic open. So if you want to, uh, you know, chime in as we do our roundtable. And as I stated, we do have another uh, caller, but I'm going to do a little uh, green rooming first before I bring them in uh, to get some names. Uh, and I see our Skype caller, I believe, wants to chime in as well. Uh, so we'll look uh, about getting the, the Skype caller in. But let's go ahead and get our roundtable discussion. And the way we'll do that, we'll bring it back to you, uh, Jim, and then Joseph, and then Kelly, and then back around to Cheryl. And then I'll get in our caller in, in there between uh, in between time. But go ahead, Jim. Wait, you want, you want me to talk again? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing talk- our roundtable, so we're bringing it back to you, unless you want me to defer until you want to come back. Yeah, I'm listening with great interest, everyone, and I kind of got out everything I I, I had to say that was that I that came to mind anyway. So go to others, and I'll continue listening. Okay. Well, I'll, well, real I'll, quick, I'll pop in if, Yeah. Yeah, real, real quick before I do that, while we have you on, um, you know, tell us a little bit to the part of the roundtable, and then I'll bring it to Joseph. Uh, tell you know the people who's not as familiar with Watching Vote USA, uh, you know, a little background and what you guys are working on currently. Right. Well, Kelly's on, and he can do that too. But I watched the vote. USA was founded in 2007 to try to uh, the name. We changed that name in 2007, and we 
we've been around since 1979, believe it or not, under various na- names. But 2007, we went to Watch the Vote USA. Our website's watchthevoteusa.com. And on the top of that, you'll see a proposed executive order that Trump could do to get open count of the votes before they leave the public site. Because our whole thing is the ideal is you you people vote at their neighborhood precincts, and then you count keep the votes in public site all day. Then at the end of the day, 730 or whenever the election ends, the voting ends, you dump the votes out and you divide them up and teams of two then count the votes in public. So – the whole thing is you got to have paper ballots and count those votes in public before they leave the public site. Now you got a verifiable election. The worst case scenario is internet voting, and second worst is what they're trying to push now, which is mail-in voting, where the ballot disappears from public for a long time. So we also have underneath that, um, uh, we have uh, the essays that we sent to the President Trump Election Commission. And those are all worth reading if you got the time. There are seven parts to that. And um, uh, Kelly, I, I, I want to defer to Kelly to pick up here to say what he's been working it's on. Like there's regardless. a background. I'm sorry, Jim. There's some kind of background noise somewhere. I don't know if it's you know what the sound no, it, is, but it, <laughs> you got yeah, sound. It's not, go ahead, it's go not me. Yeah, it's not me. I do hear. Sounds like a baby or a cat. <laughs> I can't decide. Yeah, I can't decide for which one it is. Ahead, that's Kelly. what it sounds be, like. That's what it sounds. So Kelly, ahead, maybe you could bring him up to date on what Kelly could bring you up to date on what he's been working on because he's kind of been carrying the ball for uh, the project that we're trying to do now. Oh yeah, go ahead, Kelly, and then we'll bring it over to Joseph. Go ahead. <laughs> which project? <laughs> well, I guess I'm talking about. The no, I, I know. I'm kidding, but it's it's. Okay. okay. Watch the vote. We're doing a number of things, but um. The mail-in ballots, the Democrats are pushing it big yeah, time now. Joe Biden was asked. I wish I could send you that clip. And he hymns hymns and haws when he was asked by some reporter. But really, he wanted he wanted from the beginning. He just kind of had to make it like, oh, I just uh, oh, think about it. No, kind of thinking out loud kind of stuff. Um, but no, they, he wanted. And there is, when you think about the mail-in ballots, you know, watch the vote conference call on Sunday nights. We went through the entire process of the voter registration database, which is very – I've seen hacks here in my county. All right. Then you have uh, – well, if, for example, two precincts did not get their mail-in ballot. We did a survey. We find all sorts of problems with the mail-in ballot system. But you consider they take a database, and they send to the vendor the list of people who are mail-in, and then the person gets it, which means how many hands have we already touched in the whole process? You get your ballot, you vote, you put it in your mailbox, which could disappear between now and when the post carrier picks it up, to um, the mail uh, sorting station, goes to a location. All sorts of hands are on this. Mail in, uh, mail, vote by mail with California per our beloved. Governor Gavin Newsom, <clears throat> beloved. <clears throat> anyway, he already made an executive order that we shall be vote by mail in November, 100%. And so it is dangerous and frightening, but the good news is Trump is on it. He doesn't want it. So Colorado is an all-mail endowed state, and they've been Democrats for years. Um, 
so anyway, it, it's it's really you take and go through all the steps from the time the order from the uh, the the registrar voters or the you know county clerk in some states. Anyway, the people, the government officials who organize the election, the election officials. The time they do their thing, send the ballots out, and they come back into the county election officials' office. There are a whole bunch of hands touching your ballot, and it's frightening when you consider the entire process. So at least Trump is on that. But my my prediction is if we California goes 100% vote by mail. We will be Democrat forever until A, a lawsuit, or B, a revolution. It's that frightening, the potential and ballot harvesting and da 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 da. It's just, anyway, it's very concerning. So we kind of working on something to, to send to Trump and other governors. So I'd watch the vote. And we'll, you know, it's a product that we'll put out like we did our report to the President's Commission on Elections. And we'll see if we can make a difference there. But it's at times with when you're fully aware of the vulnerabilities of the election system, sometimes it, you feel like what fire to put out first. And the Supreme Court has basically stated we have the right to know our vote was counted accurately. How do you know that your vote is, is – is counted accurately in our present system. It's just plain frightening. But anyway, I'll turn it over to Jim, see if he's got some more thoughts. No, that's, wanna, that's pretty good. On? No, that's pretty yeah, so good. Let's go ahead. And go ahead. No, I, Kelly brought us up to date there, and of course we're always we're trying to support John Brakey to the extent we can, at least emotionally, for him trying to get it to the ballots in many of these states, which they're making it hard to get at. But again, the the thing that the idea is, everyone votes at the precinct. Only absentees with a doctor absentee ballots are for people with a doctor's excuse. Everyone votes at the precinct. Uh, the ballots are kept in public sight all day. Then they're dumped out in teams of two. Uh, count maybe 25 to 50 ballots each, so it isn't overwhelming. And they uh, they they count them in the open. But the key thing is that we not only have paper ballots, but they paper ballots are kept in the public site and counted in the open before and, and the results posted at the wall at the precinct on the wall and maybe on the internet before the ballots leave the public site. So paper ballots, count them before the ballots leave the public site or your two parts to an honest election. But I you know Kelly gave you a good update on that and we're working on that. But yeah, why don't you go ahead and bring in some of the other round table? I'm on mute, but I am listening. Okay, so that brings it over to you, Joseph, and then uh, over to you, Cheryl, and then we're going to bring uh, in Susan. So, Susan, you are next uh, coming from, I believe, Idaho. Uh, you're uh, next on, after, you know, when we get the, through a roundtable here, first round of it, and then uh, we'll bring it over to you. So we've got uh, Joseph and then Cheryl and then Susan. Go ahead, Joseph. All right. So if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. So just to let you know, the background noise is definitely not me. I don't have the cat, and I don't have the dog. They, they got it, so I'm sorry. Um, but you will hear noise in the background as I am still trying to accomplish shopping at, uh, at Walmart. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but, uh, well, one of the items were, wasn't in stock, so what can I tell you? Here I am with my mask again. Uh, uh, 
it's uh, still kind of eerie. Just uh, hold on more. Uh, no, I see where I need to go. So, yeah, I, I couldn't echo the sentiment more from Kelly. And I'm sorry I'm bad with names, but the uh, lady calling in from Kentucky. Uh, what was her name? Cheryl. Cheryl? Oh, Cheryl. Cheryl. Oh, yes. I agree with Cheryl um, about the uh, um, about uh, surgeries being deemed non-essential. And not only surgeries being deemed non-essential, um, at the same time, uh, operations being non-essential or even being able to go to your cardiologist being non-essential. Uh, my mother suffers from heart failure. She hasn't been able to see her cardiologist or, you know, uh, any of, of the people she needs to see because in New York, uh, our wonderful Governor Cuomo, uh, he won't let that happen. So he doesn't think that people getting uh, medical care is very important. Uh, uh, now, keep in mind, this is the same person who uh, is giving the green light for um, nursing homes to that they can't deny anyone uh, even if they know they have covid uh, so, um, and the day that California becomes red and the day that New York becomes red in Hawaii, probably hell will freeze over. I know Kelly didn't put it exactly that way, but uh, that's uh, really, really, um, it doesn't seem probable because it just, it isn't. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, you know, the governors who are making the right calls are going to get all the glory. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. Sorry. Oh, sorry, guys. And the the governors that are making the wrong calls, their head is going to be on a chopping block in November. Wanted to add one more note. So Justin Amash, he's running. I didn't know that. And, uh, you know, hey, anyone who wants to run, they got my full blessings. They're entitled to run. You know, we're a constitutional republic. You want to run? You know, run. Go ahead. I mean, I'd be a hypocrite if I started demeaning people because they want to run, regardless of uh, my stances and my support uh, for uh, the president. Um, and so basically, you know, uh, you want to run, uh, you know, run. Uh, but at the same time, I, I and this is no disrespect to uh, any supporters of Justin Amash. I, I don't think he has a chance in heck of uh, of winning, of course. Uh, no 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 one in the history of our presidential elections has ever won on a third-party ballot. Ross Perot is the only one who came close to making history when he ran against uh, Bill Clinton and uh, George H.W. Bush back in 92. But other than that, I mean, you, like I said, I mean – it's it's very improbable. So you're just left with Joe Biden, which, by the way, did a virtual town hall with Hillary Clinton, and uh, this uh, sexual abuse scandal from 1993, in which uh, an aide or I believe a staffer, even back then, uh, went to the mother of the uh, uh, alleged victim went to Larry King and told him that um, you know he had. Uh, he had done professional uh, sexual misconduct. Uh, he committed that, but out of respect, she never reported it. Uh, CNN tried to bury it. The media is trying to bury it. And uh, how hypocritical is it for Hillary Clinton, of all people, coming from the Clintons? They are the uh, probably number one violators of uh, 
woman's rights, that's for sure, with her husband. Uh, I found that to be like a slap in the face to the American people. If anything, it's just going to make even more liberals just want to jump off uh, their support from Joe Biden. And, and then remember, you got to factor in the angry Bernie Sanders people. Sanders campaign aides, former campaign aides, have come out and have uh, emphasized and expressed their disgust for not agreeing with how the media and the DNC is, uh, you know, handling this uh, uh, alleged uh, sexual misconduct issue back from 93. So that's going to be interesting. Um, it's, it's very clear that as day by day goes by, I do have a heart. I feel sorry for Joe Biden. He's showing more signs of uh, mentally uh, deter- uh, you know, de- disintegrating or deteriorating. I do believe, like you said, Robert, he's suffering from dementia and it's getting worse. The rules do not permit for another candidate to come in surprisingly at the convention because they wouldn't be able to be on all 50 uh, on the ballots in all 50 states. So I really, at this point, you know, um, for weeks and months, we've been talking about, you know, what if someone makes a surprise uh, blindside at the convention, maybe a Cuomo type. But I looked deep into the rules earlier this week. It doesn't even allow for it to happen. It's not even possible. So they have no choice but to go with Biden. Uh, I guess they're just going to have to go with Biden to save face. And I'll, before I defer back to you, I'll leave you with two more things. By doing so, they will create a more, uh, they will create a 1972 version in which uh, uh, Mondale lost in a landslide to Richard Nixon. Or no, maybe I'm getting it wrong. Was it? I think no. Yes, he lost in a landslide in 1972, and Carter lost uh, decisively in 1980 against uh, President Reagan. But then in 84, I think um, a lady presidential candidate ran, or was it for VP, Robert? She was VP. It was Mondale Ferraro. Was, uh, Mondale, was- okay. Correct. Um, they, they lost by a decisive landslide as well. And so I see Biden falling into that category. I'm, I'm pretty sure by the general election back in 72 and 84, I'm pretty sure the DNC knew that their candidate had no chance in hell, but however, they had nobody else. They have to have a face for the party and the platform, and that's why they have to stick with Joe because it's too late. If they wanted to um, surround themselves around somebody else, they shot themselves in the foot again, just like they did by electing Hillary Clinton to be the nominee. They had plenty of time to get a candidate who has had, had the mental faculties together Still would have not won against Trump, but at least could have put up a, va- a valiant fight and not look like a fool every time you go on the cameras. Um, but once again, yeah, they shot themselves in the foot two elections in a row. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe I mean, that's why they want to keep everything shut down because they, they're going to try to make sure there's no, not, no debate. Go ahead. <laughs> um, they're going to try, and they've already accused President Trump of uh, you know, wanting to delay the election, which he absolutely said that's not going to happen. Of course, they would love to hear that scenario, but that's not going to happen. And so we are going to have an election in November one way or another, and the Democrats are definitely going to lose. Um, but at what cost? Where will we be at December? Uh, you know, the third and fourth quarter's projections for GDP don't look really good. Well, actually, more the third quarter. Trump is... Uh, um, optimistic about the fourth quarter 
And last but not least, we need to get rid of Fauci and Burks. I think Trump is finally well, seeing them for what they I are. Yeah. There is, and he's, he's, he's distancing himself from them, and uh, I think he needs to completely do that and uh, get us back in the right direction really quickly. I'll go back to you, Robert. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. But yeah, let's, let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to uh, back to you, Cheryl. If you want to add on any of those, then we'll bring in Susan, and then uh, we'll you know move forward from there. Go ahead, Cheryl. Well, I apologize. That was me and the cat. <laughs> oh, no, I, okay. I, I since muted it, so now I'm off mute, of course. Um, and yeah, the Biden thing is like the weekend at Biden's. You know, instead of weekend at Bernie's, it's weekend at Biden's because it's like they take him where they need him to. They parade him around. They answer for him. Um, he's just their puppet. Um, so, and he has actually came out and said he didn't anticipate being present very long so he may have blown something that was mentioned to him that he wasn't supposed to mention that he wouldn't be president and that's why he has to have a good vice president so he mentioned that a while ago so wouldn't be surprised and that's why all those women who uh, previously tore into Kavanaugh none of them have have denied anything um, and and believe Biden 100%. So um, they want to be the the future president is what it looks like um, to me on that. So I'm sorry to say that um, rather than being off of their own merits, um, you know. And uh, yes, uh, Clintons are you know definitely they have a long history and everything, and uh, not a good way to be as well. Um, I think that's about all I have at this point, so I'm going to refer it back to you, Rob. Okay, yeah, and I'm going to speak a little bit on that and then bring in Susan, is that, yeah, I mean, that's 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 it. I think I've seen something about that too, Cheryl, and, and I definitely heard, you know, this mention the people that, well, if you're voting for Biden, you're really pretty much voting for either A, him being a puppet for a while, or B, you know, his vice president, because I don't, I mean, I don't think he'll die if he would get elected, which I don't think he will, unless literally they, they cheat with this mail-in ballot. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're basically going to be voting for whoever his VP is going to be. Not, again, I, not that I don't think he's going to die in office. I think he'll step down. I think he'll be in it for maybe a year. Well, But it depends. It depends on how much of a useful puppet he is. If he could be a useful puppet, uh, which I don't even think he's going to be able to be, be able to be that, uh, maybe for a year, if not less. But I don't see him being, you know. But again, I think once those debate, and my last thing for bring Susan in, but once I think once those debates come on, and I think that's why the Democrats are going to try to keep as least amount of debates as possible. Once those debates come on, there is going to be no because people really don't start paying attention. I mean, they're paying attention, but I'd say that's when they really start actually watching the debates. I've had people try to argue, oh yeah, no one, no, no one watches the debates, no one watches the debates. I, I don't believe that. But but they watch commercials, and if they don't watch the debates, they watch commercials, and, and those commercials of the debates is going to give the Trump the, the Trump campaign oodles of uh, of commercial clips. It's just going to be oodles of it, where people people are going to see, you know, uh, to see the condition he's in, and then I think that's going to have him uh, lose face uh, and that. But again, I mean, the only way I and I, I agree with you. Um, 
you know, you know, I agree with Joe. I agree with Joseph. I think that he doesn't have a chance to, to win, not in his condition, uh, and unless they cheat, that's why I think they're trying to push this mail-in ballot. Because I think they know. I mean, besides this coronavirus, I think you know that. I think that that that's it. It's we're so close to the election now that I mean, really, what the hell else, heck else? Can they, I mean, seriously, the only thing that they've got is somehow letting off a new guy. I should not even say that because they might even actually try it. The only thing I can think of now is for them to let off a nuclear bomb somewhere, seriously, and try to blame the Trump administration for it. That's the only other thing besides – and oh my, I'm telling you, ugh, they said on Bart's logic, because as you know, <laughs> not that we – but anyway, um, ugh, I don't even want to think of that. But let's go ahead and bring in Susan. Uh, thank you very much for your patience, Susan, for coming to the show. Uh, how are you tonight? Um, I'm fine. I probably will. This will be the only time I talk because the rest of the time I'll just probably listen. But um, to someone who says hell hasn't or is frozen over or whatever, um, hell is really an unincorporated community in Livingston County in the U.S. state of Michigan. And yes, it has frozen. <laughs> In Hell, Michigan. I don't know how many of you knew there was a Hell, Michigan. But uh, whenever somebody says I go, it already has. <laughs> um, and the other thing is I have two things. Um, I'm trying to get this to open up. Okay. Have you heard the latest? The CDC has now been recommended Pet social distancing. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, Wear your mask. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Keep the cats indoors. Don't. And if you're, oh well, if you actually have suspect you've been sick, have other people take care of your pets. Don't touch them or share a bed. Wear protective gear like gloves and masks if you must interact with them. I said, screw you, and I went over and hugged my cat immediately. <laughs> Nobody take it and tell me that I can't hug and play with my cat. She'd probably appreciate it since I've been bored during all this thing, and I've been teaching her tricks. I've been working on one trick. Uh, she already knows five, but I've been trying to teach her, you put your fingers up like a gun, bang, and then she's supposed to fall right down <laughs> She, at least she's not hissing and trying to claw me anymore. Well, that's mm. good. But she, she'd probably appreciate the <laughs> social distancing. Um, anyway, um, now, Fashi, is that how you pronounce it? Dr. Anthony Fashi? Fauci? Ron that's Fauci, I think. Yeah, Fauci. He, um... Ron Paul's been calling for him to go bye-bye, but he, um, he's a me- he was among the members of the Obama administration who must be held accountable for the $3.7 million the U.S. granted to China for coronavirus research in 2014. Some of the money went to the Wuhan laboratory where... The coronavirus is believed to have originated. So he is not on the up and up. He is part of the New World Order, the global whatever group. So um, 
in when that happened, when they gave him $3.7 million, the State Department issued reports about how unsafe that laboratory was and how suspicious they were in the way they were developing a virus that could be transmitted to humans. So we have him, actually, and Obama to thank for this. So I didn't know if you knew about that or not. Maybe you do. Oh, yeah. No, it's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I, don't know admit, why, yeah. I don't know why go Trump ahead. hasn't gotten rid of him. He needs to go. Well, I think uh, I think he did. I think he only got rid of Fauci because one, uh, if he didn't, I mean, we all know how the media is, and I think that the reason why he didn't get rid of Fauci. Is because you know other presidents and other epidemics, you know, used Fauci as an as an advisor, and if he used someone else, which I I think he should have too, but if he didn't use Fauci and he used someone else, then you know, of course, the media they're going to rape him for anything. Excuse my French, but um, you know, they're going to get criticized for anything. But if if he did pick somebody else, you know, they're oh well, they you know you know the the, the slack he would have gotten, and, and there'd been enough. And I personally, I think there'd been enough independents out there who would have been like, yeah, Trump, why aren't you using the people that the other presidents did before? Uh, because independents by nature, you know, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but independents by nature really aren't conspiratorial. Usually, see people, you know, and, and I'm normally not, but there are. I think there are some out there, but. Um, and so if he, if he didn't at all, well, I'm going to use somebody else. I I just think that he'd get lambasted, and it would even look bad for the independents. And I don't think he wanted that. I want him to. I think he wanted to say, hey, look, I've I've done. I'm doing what other presidents. You know, I've used it with who other presidents have done. And I think the media kind of would, would have forced his hand into that. Uh, you know, to, to pick Fauci. But that that's. I mean, that's just my opinion. But. But that, that's what I think is the reason why uh, for Fauci, even though we all, you know, we, we've got a good idea about who he really is. Well, Giuliani suspected China was <clears throat> experimenting with viruses at the laboratory for the purpose of weaponizing them. And we were supposed to not be giving any money to a laboratory that was fooling around with these viruses, but we did. And obviously there was a purpose for it. So we never pulled the money. It just went there. So we paid for the virus that's killing killing us, or killing some people at least. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah. Now, one thing. um, No, go ahead. I just thought I had an article here on on the Bart's Logic website. Um, you know that that that, talk, that was talk about that, but I'm I'm thinking of a different article um, of something we were talking about earlier tonight. Um, go ahead. Who? Yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. Are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, all, all I was going to say was, isn't it nice to know your government works against you? Well, and speaking of that, that brings me up to this uh, this next article. Uh, you know, again, you can find it at the Bard's Logic website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and go to the Bard's Logic newsroom. And this is, you know, I, I think this is this 
this is telling, but uh, it says, and this was uh, yesterday, an article yesterday. It says, our dress, <laughs> excuse me, I think I've got some kind of throat strain because I, I talk a lot and talk a lot for my job, too. But um, so I'll probably spend a good 12 hours. Uh, or, But uh, anyway, and, and so it says, uh, you, you know, someone, someone else mentioned De- Dennis Prager. Oh, this is interesting. I tell you what, um, you mentioned Dennis Prager, De- uh, Dennis Prager. Didn't you, uh, didn't you uh, Jim, I think you mentioned him tonight, didn't you? Yes, I, I said that he wrote a new column today saying they're trying to put a communistic uh, controls on us through this virus. Yeah, what I've got here, actually, yeah, this is just serendipitously. I, I, I couldn't, I, you know, because I was looking at the, the Bard's Logic newsroom, and, and here's an article you could find on there. And I don't know if this is the one you were referring to because this article was written yesterday. And it's, a, and it's um, our dress rehearsal for a police state. Says Dennis Prager, all my life I have dismissed paranoids on the right. America is headed to communism, and the left, it can happen here, referring to fascism. It's not that I have ever believed liberty was guaranteed. Being familiar with history and a pessimist regarding the human condition, I never believed that. But the ease in which all police state uh, tactics have been employed and the equal ease with which most Americans accepting them have been breathtaking. People will argue that a temporary police state has been justified because of the allegedly unique threat to life posed by the new coronavirus. I do not believe the data will bear out. Regardless, let us at least agree there we are closer to a police state than ever in American history. Not means totalitarian state. America is not a totalitarian state, but we still have many freedoms. In a totalitarian state, this article cannot be legally published. And if it were illegally published, I would be imprisoned and or executed. We are presently living with all four of the key hallmarks of a police state. And so, yeah, this is, I guess this was written by Dennis Prager. It says, number one, draconian laws depriving citizens of elementary civil rights, number one. The federal, state, county, and city governments are now restricting almost every freedom except those of travel and speech. And I always disagree with speech a little bit. Well, not them, but I'm saying like Google, Facebook, uh, YouTube. I, I, they're, they're starting to restrict speech, as we talked earlier in the show, and, and, and especially Google. Try to, try to find anything positive. Uh, try to find uh, anything positive about Trump on Google, and, man, you try to pull up anything. Any article, it's all liberal. It's every single one of them. They must have people working there day and night to, to key stuff in because supposedly the search engines that pull up are the ones that are mostly looked at. So they got to have people keying stuff up. It's unbelievable. People are like, oh, I love, we need to find a platform to, to replace Google. For sure. I mean, anything else except anything political. And I'll tell you what, I would never buy anything on an ad if I thought Google would benefit. You know, But Google's great for finding anything except conservative and pro-Trump stuff. But anyway, it says uh, – I've lost my train of where I'm at in this thing. It says, okay, Americans have blah, blah, blah. Federal, okay, Americans have been banned from going to work and thereby earning a living, meeting in groups, both indoors and outdoors, meeting in their cars and church parking lots to pray, and entering state-owned properties such as beaches and parks, among many other pro- – yeah, let me tell you something. I'm going to – you know I digress a little bit, but it, it's, it's on point. Just like I'm supposed to go on vacation to Florida this, uh, this July, and one thing the boys wanted to do was, do was camp out and have a bonfire on the beach. You can't even plan for that right now. I even called 
and they're like, uh, you know, and I got a voicemail or an answering machine with message or whatever stating, yeah, basically, you, know, you can't, you can't even schedule, you can't even schedule something or, or book or res- reserve something just in case we open up by July. You can't even do it. You can't even reserve anything. So, I mean, I just want to have a bonfire on a beach. You can't even reserve it. This is number two, a mass media supportive of the state's messaging and deprivation of rights. The New York Times, CNN, and every other mainstream mass media except Fox News, the Wall Street Journal, editorial and opinion pages only, and talk radio have served the cause of state control over individual Americans' lives, just as Pravda served the Soviet government. In fact, there was almost no more dissent in the New York Times than there was in Pravda. And the big tech platforms, as we just mentioned a few moments ago, are removing posts about the virus and potential treatment they deem misinformation. And misinformation to them, this is my input, and misinformation to them is if it doesn't adhere to the ten, you know, to the words of the World Health Organization. So if, if, if it's not what they're putting out, it's misinformation, and they'll take it down. Use of police, number three. Police departments throughout America have a great, except for the people, as you brought up tonight, uh, you know, with us, uh, Jim, and if you got some more, uh, like their names and stuff, it would be great to hear them. Um, of those in the article I read tonight about the sheriffs and, and some small places who are enforcing it. But police departments throughout America have agreed to enforce these laws and edicts, um, and I put edicts, so I forgot to see <laughs> in the, tonight's uh, description. But anyway, edicts uh, would that can only be described as frightening alacrity. After hearing me describe police giving summons to or even arresting people for playing baseball with their children on a beach, jogging along without a mask, or worshiping on Easter while sitting isolated in their cars in a parking lot, a police officer called my show. He explained that the police have no choice. They must respond to every dispatch they receive. And why are they dispatched to a person jogging on a beach or sitting along a park, I asked? Because the department was informed about these lawbreakers. And who told the police these are lawbreakers, I asked? His answer brings us to the fourth characteristic of a police state. Number four, and I mentioned this earlier. I mentioned this earlier tonight before I even seen and wrote, or not wrote, ha, huh, which I wrote it. It's good art. No, seriously. Uh, but I even brought this up earlier before we even you know, brought up this, this article, and to be honest, even before I seen it. So frankly, snitches. And I actually brought this up a couple weeks ago. Uh, how do, how do police dispatchers learn of lawbreakers, such as families playing softball in a public park, lone joggers without face masks, etc.? This is where I'm saying fascism. This is where I'm saying the SS. From their fellow citizens snitching on them, the mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, set up a snitch line whereby New Yorkers were told to send authorities photos to fellow New Yorkers violating any of the quarantine laws. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti similarly encouraged snitching unabashedly using the term. It is said about one in every 100 East German citizens were informers for the Stasi, the East German secret police, by as superbly portrayed in the film, The Lives of Others. It would be interesting, and I think important to know, what percentage of New Yorkers are remember what that bit, and I'm going to play that audio again after this article. First, I'm going to get everyone's uh, thoughts on this article, and then I'm going to play that, that, that audio again because it's important for, for the latecomers to hear that. It's going to go into Bard's Logic After Dark, so please don't let, uh, lose your, uh, your call or else we won't be able to call in anymore or, you know, that. 
Um, so now please don't lose your your call. But anyway, uh, but this, this is what they're talking about. You know, talking about you know, when we're talking about this tracing, right? But th- this isn't. But I mean, you'll you'll see. It would be interesting because remember they're talking about a core. We never. I didn't ever give give my my on my go on my soapbox about that 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 audio, did I? Because I made my notes myself. I'm gonna play it again. We'll go there. As I said earlier tonight, the, the show is going fast. But anyway, it would be interesting, I think, important to know what percentage of New Yorkers informed on their fellow citizens. Now, again, you may think such a comparison is not morally valid, but the Blasio's call to New Yorkers to serve a Stasi-like rule was morally justified given the coronavirus pandemic. But you cannot deny it is Stasi-like or that other identifying spies during World War II. This is unprecedented in American history at anywhere near this level. This Friday night, I gathered with six others for a Sabbath dinner with friends in St. Monica, California. On my Friday radio show, I announced I would be doing that, and if I was arrested, it would be worth it. In my most pessimistic dreams, I never imagined that America having a dinner at a friend's house would be an act of civil disobedience, perhaps even a criminal act. But that is precisely what happens in a police state. The reason I believe this is a dress rehearsal is that too many Americans appear untroubled by it. The dominant force in America, the left, supports it. And one of the two major political parties has, taken, has been taken over by the left. Democrats and their supporters have, in effect, announced they will use state power to enforce any law they can do to combat an even, quote, greater existential crisis of global warming. They're going to use this for coronavirus. They're going to use this for global warming, too. On CNN, no, not CNN, no, but on CNN website this weekend, in one of the most frightening and fanatical articles in the era of fanaticism, Bill Ware, CNN chief climate correspondent, wrote an open letter to his newborn son. In it, he wrote of his idealized future for America, completely new forms of power, food, Construction, transportation, economics, and politics. Okay, you know, you cannot get in the, he state. No, that's not. I, I, see, I don't like to hear the rest of the letter because new forms of power. That's not a bad idea. Okay, let's you know, let's you. We talked about this in the show. Fusion. That's not a bad idea. Food. I mean, yeah, you mean you want to be find better ways of food production, especially uh, maybe have more where we don't have to rely on foreign countries for our, you know, our meat like we're seeing now, our meat hacking. Transportation. Uh, I'm, I'm more for up-to-date transportation. Economics and politics. Yeah, we'll see about those. I'm a fan of I, the Irish elect, electoral system. I think they're um, it's more representative than the one we have here. I, I'd like to see that change, to be honest. But his point on that is. He says, for these things, you cannot get there without a police state. If you love liberty, you must see that it is jeopardized more than at any time since America's founding. And that means, among other things, that at this time, a vote for any Democrat, and frankly, a vote for Amash, is a vote to end liberty. And yeah, again, that's just serendipitous that we end up having that article here. after you brought you know brought him up, uh, Prager up, uh, Jim. So um, ah, looks like we lost uh, Cheryl's line, unfortunately. Um, so and it looks like we've got Joe back. So let's go ahead and get Joe in. For, I hope I don't know how much he's, he was heard, but let's go ahead and bring him in, and we'll get our roundtable going. Um, but thank you very much, Joe, for coming back to the show. It's great that you're able to come back. How are you? Hey, Bob. How are you? 
Well, let me interject something that might be just a slightly happy note. When this coronavirus hit us, um, I'm a conspiracy theorist, so I'm thinking, okay, is this coronavirus real? Don't know. Is the Illuminati real? Don't really know. But if the coronavirus is being used the way that it is to quarantine the healthy, as, uh, as opposed to quarantining the sick, it sounds like something which could be a conspiracy. Now, here's the happy note that um, I was, uh, uh, well, that had a flick that had uh, been part of my mindset for a while, was that if this is done on purpose by the so-called Illuminati, I'm thinking of it as a test as opposed to a full-blown um, pandemic meant to wipe out the world as part of the population agenda 21 etc and the reason i say that is because if they do that now they will either have to go into a bunker where there will the warburgs rothschilds rockefellers etc will kill each other over time or they're gonna have to be pretty close to the singularity so what is it that Nero, Caligula, and Caesar always wanted? They always wanted immortality. What do despots and dictators always want when you have everything, when you have power over the people, when you have all the yachts, and palaces, etc.? You want immortality. To achieve immortality, you have to have the singularity, which is the merging of our bodies and consciousness, with an android. The android is going to come along pretty soon. The consciousness to be uploaded, don't know. But AI, artificial intelligence, the real artificial intelligence will be coming along pretty soon. But I don't think it's here now. So if it's not here now, then this is not the full-blown pandemic either out of control or man-made done by the Illuminati because they would wipe out themselves or condemn themselves to a lifetime underneath the earth. <laughs> so that's my, my happy note if, if, if people want to take note of it. The meat plants shutting down, though, that's kind of a serious thing. And what's kind of ironic is when I went shopping today, and chicken, beef, and pork, etc., my supermarkets are all full of the meat. But they're out of mayonnaise. <laughs> they're out of Hellman's mayonnaise. And yet maybe people might be hoarding, and I know Hellman's is great because I've been eating it for years, but you have to have mayonnaise with chicken eggs. So if they're taking away the meat plants and maybe ooh, maybe on the secondary level the chicken farms, where are the eggs? But that's matter maybe neither here nor there. But the happy note is if they really wanted us to panic, get into a nineteen twenty nine depression, to start a civil war, or to manipulate us any way that they, whoever they are, want us to, have you noticed that the stock market has been going up and down like a roller coaster for weeks, $1,000 up, $1,000 down. Now, there were supposed to have been circuit breakers in place years ago as a result of Black Monday where you, were, you weren't supposed to go down or up. You weren't supposed to go down more than 500 points in one day. But they're allowing the 1,000 points, 1,200 points. So I'm thinking they're testing us. Also, in 1929, what really precipitated that particular depression was the fact that there was a run on the banks. No media today has ever been about the banking system is faulty. If they had, if they were going to talk about the stock market in terms of the economic crashes here, the dollar is, the dollar is crashing, 
The petrodollar is, is, is crashing. Look at the price of oil. Everybody would be panicking and going to their banks, starting a real depression. But it hasn't happened. So I'm thinking either they're going to use that in reserve, if this, is, if this is more than a test, or this is just a test to see how Americans react, how the world reacts, who they can control, who they can't control, and how to make better plans for the future. So I'm thinking we'll probably pull out of this, like uh, Joe said, uh, Joseph from Hawaii said, hoping that by, by June. I'm thinking, hoping, as long as Trump stays alive and is not assassinated, that we will be out of this by, this is April, May's coming up, end of May, beginning of June. So um, to me, that's my optimistic note. Back to you, Bob. You know what? Hey, I got Robert. a lot to say on that. Yeah. Robert, could I? this is Jim in Cincinnati. Could I just throw in a quick comment on that? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm glad. I like the Android thing. I would like that. To, I would like to be able to do that myself, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that that gentleman just brought it up. Was it Joseph that just spoke? Uh, that Joe. was No, that was Joe. That was, was Joe? Joe and Joe on the line, but that's Joe. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad. I'm Joe. The up. other guy is Joseph. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I have something I forgot to talk about. The. This is the attempt to get the United States used to shortened store hours. For instance, Kroger's used to be open all night. Then they closed it between 1 and 5 because of crime in the middle of the night or shady characters walking into the place. Now they're open from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Everything else is closing about 9 p.m. except a few things on the weekend. And now, as Joe brought up, we're talking food shortages. Uh, And they want to get us used to food shortages and standing in line or waiting or going to the store and find the shelves empty like happened in the old Soviet Union. This is in the great age of plenty. There's more goods and services are available today, not only for us, but around the world than ever. Yet the bankers, by the way they're manipulating things, they are making us into a land of shortages. And that's all thanks to these governors who shut down uh, America. Now, the only caveat I would say is I don't see this as, as a Democrat and Republican thing. DeWine, there's no more disp- – from he's not a conspirator, this guy I'm about to mention. He's allegedly pro-life, at least in when it's a clear vote, he'll vote pro-life. But from a certain angle, there's no more despicable man in the United States than Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, in my opinion. Because he's got rich in where he is by taking the orders from his background handlers. Now, Wexner, who is a, owns Victoria's Secret and I think The Gap, it's either The Gap or The Limited, he was a big associate of Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile, and they traded tens of millions of dollars back and forth. He was known to be John Kasich's handler, the, the governor of Ohio. DeWine has a handler, I guarantee it. So do all these governors, or they wouldn't be making identical rulings, trying to keep the country shut as long as possible. There are a few good governors, like this guy in Georgia and others, but I'm going to tell you a lot of the Republicans are just as bought up by the background forces as the Democrats. And Mike DeWine is the prime example. Uh, he has Amy Atkin, who's a Planned Parenthood uh, enthusiast, an Obama enthusiast. She's got a, he's got her in charge of our health. 
and she puts on this little fake little girl voice every day like uh, Blasey Ford did when they were trying to get Kavanaugh. But no, this is part of the feature of what they're trying to – they keep saying the new normal. What they're trying to do is tell us, we have taken over your country. They're not going to say this. They're acting like they're trying to save our life. We have taken up your country, cut your country, taken over your country. You kids thought you could graduate? No, you can't. You people thought you could go to a baseball game? No, we're gonna we're gonna close down professional sports for months, maybe years. You thought you were gonna have a football season for your high school teams and your basketball season for your high school teams next year? No, you're not. You think you're gonna have your St. Patrick's Day parade? No. And, and this idiot Amy—she's not idiot. She's evil. Amy Acton, our health director in Ohio today, said. It will become a – she wants to alter the culture so it's a permanent feature that we all walk around in masks and capes, masks for our face. And she's promoting capes for our shoulders because that will protect us from this, this flu this flu bug that uh, is for 99% of people. It's the flu. So that's what's going on. This is a communist takeover. Now, they do not have the guns. They do not have the guns. And why I say DeWine is so despicable. He is a Catholic with nine ki- eight kids. And he's supposedly pro-life, but he has all his life been a brain-dead, spineless person who takes the uh, orders from his background forces, the shadow government, the deep state, you know, Goldman Sachs, uh, uh, Federal Reserve Board. And um, I urge you all to watch the video on YouTube, The Secret of Oz, like The Wizard of Oz. This is The Secret of Oz and explains what The Secret of Oz was really about, which was the farmers versus the bankers, and it brings it up to our modern day. So it's The Secret of Oz by Bill Still. I think it's 90 minutes. And that is what everyone should watch because George Soros is taking the whipping. But there's 400 other bankers like George Soros that's part of this deep state that Sean Hannity made famous, better called the shadow government. And they've been actively plotting to take us over since 1913. And communism is just the mask of these bankers. Think of it that way. They want to be the millionaires and the billionaires that control us. The communism is for you and me and our kids and grandkids. Communism, instead of being free people with constitutional rights, we're all on a big commune. The whole country is now going to be a big commune if they get their way. A big commune where we have no rights whatsoever and we're treated like animals. Communism. And one of the ways they're treating us like animals right now, which is despicable and unheard of, somebody's dying. Your loved one's dying. Well, you can't see them. they got to die alone and be buried alone. You can never see them. That is communism treating us like we're not human. They can easily let people in those rooms with masks on. And if, if it was my family, we'd probably be breaking in. In fact, I guess we're going to prevent anybody oh, from I, going I said that the week ago. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I what they storm the fences or gates or whatever. I said, yeah. Absolutely. This, this is absolutely inhuman. Now, Ken Lowndes, a friend of mine, is running against Mitch McConnell. He's on the ballot. We're going to be on the radio in the tri-state, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and on WLW throughout 38 states at night. And Ken Lowndes is going to really hit these governors and say they're criminals who need to be in jail. They are bringing communism to the United States. They are the executioners of our system. They're trying to be. And under, again, I think it's uh, U.S. 18, Section 22, they are are using their power to deprive us of our constitutional rights, including to peaceably assembly, assemble without any evidence. Now that we know the hospitals are empty and there was no virus that's ripping through everybody, they need to go to jail. And the jail terms in that thing is one year to life. 
uh, for people that use their office to deprive citizens of their constitutional rights. This is serious. They know there's no danger, and they are acting. All these press conferences of Governor DeWine and Governor Bashir every day is to act like we're just in this forever and there's no way out. So I'm glad part of it is famine eventually and food shortages right now. So I'm glad Joe brought that up. And I guess I was a little long-winded and expanding, Robert, but back to you. Oh, no, gosh, de- no, definitely. And I've got, um, as I said, you know, I've got you know, stuff to say on that. And that is, um, mm, I, yeah, I've never heard of this concept in that. Yeah, and then back to that, that audio. And, and actually, I did want to play that. It's only seven minutes because I want to play it for the people who have not had the opportunity to. Um, you know, Joe, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to hear it. And, and this I really plays in, in a part of it. And, and I don't know if you had the opportunity to hear it share on some of the late covers. So what I'm going to do is mute people's mics, including my own. Uh, play that audio again. It's only about seven minutes, fifteen seconds, and then we're going to get commentary on it. And first, I'll get that from uh, from Joe, uh, Joe and Cheryl uh, first, because they haven't had the opportunity to to listen to it. And then we'll bring back around again. Uh, one of those one of those nights, I wish we had a fourth hour, but unfortunately we don't. Uh, but let me go ahead and get that keyed up, and um, I'll be turn I'll turn it on and mute some some folks' mics. Go ahead. Here we go. We need tracing agents in the hundreds and hundreds of people, right? You take the test and then you trace back all the contacts. It's never been done on this scale before. This is an army of tracers, they're basically investigators. Uh, we will do that the best we can with, these, uh, with this seven-state consortium, but it could have been done from the federal government on a much tighter, more efficient basis. You know, I agree with you on this. This Contact tracing is very important, and it could enable our entire country for the first time to have a real public health system, a real public health core. And uh, I've thought about it in a lot of different ways. Could Could we make this a part of AmeriCorps and encourage people to come and do this work and earn some credits to go to college, for example. Um, Is there some other way we could do it? But I I know that uh, my friend, uh, whom you know well, Paul Farmer, uh, is heading up a program for Massachusetts now to try to get a state contact tracing core. Do you think maybe you could get um, the governors to ask the Congress to fund that as a part of all this money they're giving you, or maybe it's legal now to spend some of the money, but we need a national core of healthy people who are properly trained to go out and do this contact tracing. We need the bodies. And it seemed to us as though no sort of systematic or um, concerted efforts around contact tracing were taking place in Massachusetts. So um, the governor here, Governor Baker, um, invited us to be part of a consortium Um, and to offer some of the insights and experience we've had in other countries in hiring and training a a group, really a a whole cadre of community health workers, um, or contact tracers, rather. I can't help but say community health workers. And they would be um, uh, virtually trained. They are being virtually uh, trained and deployed right now. What we would do with this is that we would, this virtual group of contact tracers um, would 
contact anybody who has tested positive to learn about their recent activities, um, who they may have been in contact with, and ensure that they can take steps to make sure that they can stay healthy and not spread the virus any further. So the partnership essentially is building on infrastructure that already exists in a place like Massachusetts. Um, and it needs to be part of a whole, um, whole system. So that includes you know, ramping up testing. It includes providing uh, really dignified isolation and treatment that, of everyone who's sick. And it's ensuring that people can be quarantined um, and at times separated in a very supportive um, way. We had something like 7,000 people, 9,000 people apply within the first couple of days to be contact tracers so that we can actually use people who are out of place, um, out of work rather, um, who can be trained, even lay people, um, to do this work. It felt like a good, good thing for the economy also. But one of the things that you have to be able to do is to track people who are positive. Where were they? Who were they in contact with? How can you hem up any recurrence of this? Uh, Massachusetts has recently announced that they're going to try to build a statewide tracking program, and they've asked partners in health to run it for them. And they're one of my partners in the work we've done in Africa, Haiti, and other places. But where are we going to get all these contact tracers? Uh, should we have, like, should, like you did with, uh, California did with the Conservation Corps of Young People, should we have a contract tracer corps, even if we call it something more elegant? Should we yeah. really build the first public health network we've ever really built in this country around this issue? Uh, I think the answer is absolutely yes, and, and I, I love the Massachusetts example. We were able to learn uh, from them. We're all sharing best practices in real time. Uh, but this is an interesting point that's often not brought up. Uh, we have tracing capacity that predates COVID-19. It goes back to SARS, measles, TB, uh, et cetera, tracking and tracing capacity that exists in the county levels primarily uh, and increasing capacity at the state level. So what we're doing is we're building off that existing infrastructure and using the tools of technology to overlay. In addition to that, we're using AmeriCorps specifically uh, and thank you as a champion for AmeriCorps uh, for decades. Uh, we've been able to take advantage of that workforce, obviously our conservation uh, core. What we have now is called Cal Volunteers in the spirit of Sarge Shriver. Uh, we are asking people, thousands of folks, to be part of this new core, to get trained and to help us with the tracing because you're absolutely right. The predicate for getting back to some semblance of normalcy is our ability to identify individuals through testing, to be able to trace their contacts, to isolate individuals uh, that have uh, either uh, been exposed or quarantined people that are tested positive. And that's just going to require an army of folks and the capacity of consideration from individuals to allow uh, for their privacy uh, to be impacted by that kind of acuity of attention based upon where they've been and who they talked to. And the capacity of consideration from individuals to allow uh, for their privacy uh, to be impacted 
by that kind of acuity of attention based upon where they've been and who they talk to. And at the moment, in most parts of the world, <clears throat> due to lockdown, most of the transmission that's actually happening in many countries now is happening in the household, at family level. In some senses, transmission has been taken off the streets and pushed back into family units. Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. Okay, now, folks, I'm going to, you know, open up the mics. I've got some comments on that and some, uh, earlier this evening, and I'll watch the video, and um, I've got the link here on Blog Talk Radio um, on the Bart's Logic. So you can go to blogtalkradio.com and then find uh, Bart's Logic, and then you'll be uh, – I, I spelled it wrong. I have contract tracing, <laughs> so with with the Clintons is what it's supposed to say, but I, I misspelled it. Um, and so, but click that. That's the link to the video. As long as uh, YouTube has it, um, has it up. But some, I mean, and when they're saying core, they weren't talking like a core, like C O R E. They're talking about a core. They're talking about an army. They're talking about, as I would describe, is an S S like uh, organization. And notice I don't talk about young people, people who aren't working. I mean, isn't that pretty familiar with what the, the Nazis did with the SS? I mean, they had the, then they have their own uh, young Nazis or young SS corps or, or, or something of that nature. And of course, and then they're going to try to use it this for universal health care, which also is part of communism, as, as a lot of folks here uh, pointed out. Um, and then, you know, they talk about quarantine, you know, quarantining. And when they try to talk about, oh, well, we'll take people in a, in a dignified manner and blah, blah, you know, come on. They're trying to sugarcoat it. And people who actually, I don't want to say have a brain because I don't want to denigrate anybody, you know, but should be able to see that. And then they're talking about going into people's homes uh, to, you know, separate. Yeah, here, here, think about this. Oh, this is where. And, and you're starting to really hear about, you know, like Fox News and stuff talk about the hypocrisy of the left, which you know here on Bart's Logic, we've been talking about the hypocrisy of the left for years. Uh, but you've got the same people just within the past three years. And then I'm going to bring, uh, after this little diatribe, I'm going to bring uh, you on, Joe, and then Cheryl, and then we'll do a roundtable on this. Is the same people within the same three years who criticized President Trump, criticized his supporters for separating children from their families, and I'm actually standing up while I'm talking here because I'm so fired up about this, separated people from their families. They're talking about, oh my God, Trump is this because he's separating these illegal immigrants from their families, and, and I know that, that last guy wasn't, you know, one of our politicians here, but that is exactly what they want to do. They want to take people away from their families. How is that any different than what Trump does? The hypocrisy of the left has no bounds, no bounds whatsoever. 
they want to blame Trump and they want to criticize Trump and call him an evil you know, person who doesn't care about children when they want to do this to illegal immigrants. But it's okay. They'll think it's okay to do this to American citizens because they think that they're protecting people. See, Trump's trying to protect the nation. They're saying they're just trying to protect people, and, but we know that's crap. You know, so it's okay for them to, uh, you know, it's okay for that, you know, for them to want to separate the citizens of the country. But Trump brings it up to separate illegal immigrants from their family, and he's an he's an evil, you know, he's an evil Nazi. And so let's go ahead and bring it up to uh, you folks. Uh, so again, as I promised, let's bring in uh, Joe and then Cheryl, and then we'll bring it back to the top, uh, which is going to be you, Jim, and then Joseph, and then Kelly, and then. We'll see how much time uh, we we've got left uh, to talk about, uh, especially to our you know we'll bring that up with our libertarian uh, friend Kelly about Amash. But let's uh, work through this first. But go ahead, Joe, and then uh, Cheryl. Wow, <laughs> I just fired up. Okay. Yeah. Well, the video is. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Uh, well, the video is disturbing. They want to remove you from uh, from your homes based upon whether or not the uh, the okay, uh, whether or not the tests are going to be positive. But who's going to trust um, the markers of the test? Right now, um, when you die, you and if you become associated with anybody, come into contact with anybody, you had the virus. Even if you don't have the virus in your blood, the pathogen is not there. And even if you've had um, trouble with diabetes or uh, stroke, et cetera, for years, you're going to be labeled as the cause of death by coronavirus. So it's something similar to what Stalin said years ago. It doesn't matter how many people vote. It only matters who counts the votes. So it doesn't matter how many people take the test or do anything that's government mandated. It depends upon who's in control of the marking, the regulation of and the definition of whatever project is going on. So, yeah, well, I'm hoping that it doesn't come to that. But, um, well, I'm just hoping it doesn't. So, back to you. Well, one thing before I bring Cheryl in is one thing that makes me think that they're damn near going to try is because what is one – maybe it's different anywhere else – but I was going to um, buy some more weapons when this thing first started. I've got weapons in the home, got them scattered throughout the house, and but I was going to buy me a couple more guns. But they're closed. Gun shops are closed. I can't go out and buy me a new gun or another gun. So why? Well, I I can go out and get you know well, look, now I'm, I'm not. I, 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 I can that... go to other shops, but I can't go buy a gun. Well, yeah, well, they're not going to let anybody buy a gun because guns will repel the, the, the forces that come and try to take their guns away and try to and, and try to impose the draconian laws. But the thing is, even if every – see, there are more guns in the United States than there are people, supposedly. But if there are no generals and colonels and organized um, pushback against the government, then it doesn't matter how many guns we have. Okay? It doesn't matter because we if we don't have – communications with the people who are the leaders and who's who are those leaders going to be the militia ex um ex-military if if it isn't going to be done now in preparation 
for what may be coming down the road, a red siege, um, like this um, Patrick Swayze movie. I think that was the name of it, the Red Siege. Red Dawn. Um, Red Dawn, Dawn. there you go. Red Dawn. If there's no preparation for that, then everybody's acting like, um, you know, (laughs) their their own militia, which means they'll be cut down very, very quickly. You know, I hear a lot of people say, well, I'll let them come and take my guns. They will. They have the Humvees, the helicopters, the drones, the generals, the Pentagon, and the communications. And I have jamming systems. So if we're not prepared now, and if it comes down the pike in the next two years, then what are we going to do? Back to you. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I, I hate to say it, and God, it's, it's the actual thought to think that, man, it's actually here. Now, my gut, and, and I'm usually – Get with, keep with my gut as much as I can. It doesn't always work that way. Um, but my gut is, is I think that, uh, I, for one, I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we're talking about it. I can't believe this is actually real. It's so real to me. But the more, the more we talk about this, the more I think that this is actually happening. Now, do I think it's going to get as bad as we think that it's going to get, at least now, you know, um, but I, I do think that, yeah, I agree. I think this is a test. Do I think we're going to get the things back to normal? I really do. I think I think we're going to get things back to normal. Um, but I do think this is a test uh, um, of the broad, you know, I, I do. I don't think this is the real thing yet. But they're testing it. But I, I think well, I think we're going to need to have more people protesting, you know, uh, you know, more 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 people protesting. And one thing that gives me hope, besides, besides my gut, <laughs> is that, and, and, you're, and you're right about the militias. I was going to bring that up, and I'm, I'm hoping the militias are, are, are you know, behind, preparing behind the scene. And also, I don't think – I think – I don't have statistics or anything of that nature, but I think most of your uh, military are conservatives, and I don't think – and if there's any type of, like, military order or anything, I really don't, I really don't see our – I really don't see our military turning on the people. And if anything like that really started happening, I think the military would be on the side of the people before they're on the side of the, any type of politicians or anything that would do that. But let's go ahead and bring uh, Cheryl back in, and then we'll bring it back to you, um, you, Jim, and then Joseph, and then Kelly, and then we'll uh, bring things back around depending on how much time we got. Uh, but go ahead, uh, go ahead, Cheryl. Okay, my uh, biggest concern is um, how all the news media and the same day comes out with the exact same verbiage. Um, when does that ever happen? And, and, you know, it's been that they've always, you know, mentioned the same items and had their own twist on it. But now it's that as it comes out, everybody says the same thing at the same time. Uh, like they've been given a script and they're following the script. And when that happens, it's, it's a scary thought of, you know, what script or, you know, whose script, and it's definitely not the United States script that they're wanting us to follow. So um, just that's all I really wanted to mention at that point. I think I've mentioned enough of the other things throughout the night. Um, Back to you, Rob. Thank you very much, Cheryl. Definitely, hopefully, you know, you'll you'll come back uh, to other shows. Uh, so it's really great to have you on with us. And so let's go ahead and bring it back to Jim. Uh, Jim, you know we 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 played that audio again. I don't came on uh, tonight. Uh, so I mean, 
what, what's your thoughts on that or, or anything else we've we've talked about before we brought it back to you? Yeah, I can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. I, I heard the tail end of it when I came in, and then I just heard that whole thing. And so if I, I thought Kelly – I heard Kelly sent that to you. That's a very important tape that you played there, and it shows their intentions. Now, um, whoever was the, the gentleman with the deep voice – I'm sorry I'm not catching the names. The fellow that said they – you know, when people say they, they can come take my guns, and he said they're going to do it because they got all the superior weapons – Whatever that gentleman's name was, I agree 100% with what he said. Joe? Okay. I agree 100% with what he said. We have got to now, and this is what Ken Lowndes is going to do, because you understand when you're running for a federal office, and you maybe some of you can take advantage of this in your areas, uh, they have to take your radio ads and your television ads, but we can only afford radio. So we're going to put on WLW, which goes into – 300,000 people at rush time, 10 million potential listeners, and, and KRC, which has a like more of a local Cincinnati audience. But one of the things we're going to put on the radio ad is that the, we support the police and the sheriffs and the military, but they have to make a decision right now. Are they going to stand up for the people? Are they going to arrest the DeWines and the Bashirs and the Cuomos who are trying to take away our constitutional rights, try to create an, an, an army of snitchers like in communist countries where everybody's snitching these so-called trackers or tracers that's the communist snitching system to pit citizens one against the other and get some people reward them for snitching on their neighbor to the government so we need to make the police the sheriffs and the military think right now what are you going to do are you going to arrest the government officials trying to take away our constitutional rights or are you going to arrest us, who they're trying to persecute and take away our constitutional rights? Now, uh, two other quick things. One is that an X factor in this is we don't know if they have other nastier viruses in the wings. There's been some threats put out by some of these people, like if Trump doesn't listen to us, there's going to be blood in the streets. Like they got something prepared. They may have worse viruses, and we're going to have to deal with those when they come. But uh, that's one X factor. I hope they can't make those spread, and there's a lot of modern conditions in the United States that would be against that. But that is one thing that does worry me because this hacking cough that takes control of your lungs, and if you don't get the hydroxychloroquine, you die. That is something new. I've never heard of it before, and it's, 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 it's attacking people out of the blue very quickly, mostly people in their 80s and 90s, but not exclusively. There was an NFL player that Laura had on. Uh, and also there was um, that, that black uh, Democratic state rep in Michigan that was in her 40s that was attacked, and she credited Trump for sa- saving her life because he announced that this hydroxychloroquine call is working for some people. So anyway, that I, I, I might have lost track of my other thought, Robert, but yeah, we've got to uh, – they're trying to pull the – oh, this is what it was. People have got to get straight now. now I know they've, they've drummed into your head, don't be a conspiracy theorist, all that. Well, not unless it justifies that you be a conspiracy theorist. And this is kind of in the open. But please watch The Secret of Oz by Bill Still, 90 minutes, <coughs> excuse me, 90 minutes on YouTube. The Secret of Oz, the international bankers behind the Fed and the, um, uh, and the Goldman Sachs and so forth, International Monetary Fund, 
They have people in every part of the country who are handlers of all these politicians who can be bought off. Some of them are too – they won't go for it, like Ron Paul, Jim Traficant. But the people that can be bought off, they have handlers that tell them what to do. And that's why you see all these governors doing the same thing. And Congressman Paul Finley, who was in Illinois, uh, he, he's maybe dead now. He was in his 80s when he made a YouTube that I hope is still up called They Dare uh, – Paul Finley Dares to Speak Out Again. And that's about a 90-minute YouTube. And in that, he told people how when he was in Congress and uh, how, they, how this uh, deep state network – controls the congressmen, the senators, the governors, the councilmen, uh, and, and, and basically they sick some, They have somebody in, uh, is the contact for each one, and they raise money for them. And if they obey what they're supposed to do, then fine. If not, then they'll raise money for their opponent and beat them with either really beat them or beat them with computer fraud and attack them in the media. So that's, that's a, their greatest strength in a way is control of all major media networks, which the, with the exception of – a few like Hannity, Laura Ingram, uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, uh, Tucker Carlson, but even they have to stay off a lot of subjects. So anyway, that's who's behind this communism. That's who's telling the government what to do. We got to expose them. A few hundred arrests, like Henry Ford said, a few hundred arrests would have prevented World War One. A few hundred arrests can restore our constitution, uh, but that's what needs to be done. And, and we are there. But I do think Robert's right. They're going to back off for a few months. Okay, Robert, hope I didn't talk too long. Thanks for having me again tonight. But when NASA just said that, I have to ask you this before I bring it back to Joseph real quick. You said they're going to back off for a few months. I know there's been some talk like, oh, in the fall they're going to be, you know, bring, you know, this, the, 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 the coronavirus can come back again, uh, uh, you know, with a force. Is that what you mean by back off for a couple months? Yeah, I think that that's why they know they, they can't keep this up because we still have our guns. There's too much pushback. And they kind of, I think, did this to see how will the public react, how many people could we get scared into going along with this voluntarily. And so now they're going to have to back off for May, June, July, and August. But they're already saying how they know it, I don't know, that it's going to come back with a vengeance in September. So this was round one, and we've got to uh, make it known that we're not going to put up with it. We're going to be putting on our radio ads and on our Sunday night radio shows that they have to carry on WKRC and WLW. We're going to tell the businesses, Farm Alliances now say we will not close again. This was an illegal edict from DeWine and all these governors. We will not close again. You're going to have to try to arrest hundreds of thousands of people going to restaurants and the restaurant owners. We will not close again, and we urge our sheriffs to tell the governors they will not enforce these unconstitutional laws based on no evidence because we know that the hospitals are empty, and they're laying off respiratory nurses. Bill Cunningham, our yeah. big talk show here, a host here in Cincinnati, said, I know a doctor who told me I'm laying off respiratory nurses because there's nobody in the hospitals. And Cunningham said, you cannot have a pandemic and, you, and laying off respiratory nurse, uh, nurses at the same time. You can't have both. Let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, Joseph. Uh, yes, so now I am back in uh, my apartment. No, I'm not in Chris Cuomo's basement. That would be very eerie. <laughs> so I'm away from all the noise and everything. Now I, I'm free. I don't have to wear my mask. However, I think I'm under house arrest based on the orders by the, the governor of my state. So, well, 
well, I hope uh, my what I had to do today was deemed essential. No, I mean I'm 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 echoing the sentiments of basically everyone that has called in today. Uh, I mean, um, the only the only uh, the only difference is I I, I have a, a different take on it, and, and you know everyone who's on the line, tell me what you think. Um, but my take on it is a little bit different. Um, I don't think the Democrats who have shut down the country ever imagined it could even get this far. I don't think anyone could have foreseen that. Now, as to, you know, what their intentions were, yes, it's it's very clear based on their actions, their intentions was to tank the economy at the expense of the American people to win in November. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never thought uh, they would stoop to that low. Did they think it would go this far, just like impeachment? Absolutely not. They just kind of went as it went along. And then when they found out, oh, shoot, wow, we could really shut down the states and get away with it. Oh, shoot, we could really impose these unconstitutional mandate orders. Oh, shoot. And they kind of just kept on going along, 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 along uh, as they kept on abusing their, uh, their power and their reach. But make no mistake, nobody could have foreseen that any politician or political party or that our constitutional republic would even fathom shutting down our whole country. In in over 240 years of uh, history of our country, we've never – not even the Civil War shut us down. Not even the Great Depression shut us down. Not even World War I or World War II shut us down. Or the so, Spanish flu. Exactly. That is actually a very valid point. Not even the Spanish flu shut us down. So um, there's some recent studies that say that the coronavirus may have already been here long before without people even knowing it. Can that be true? I don't have anything to back it up. It's a conspiracy theory. But it does. It, 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 it could make practical sense that it could have existed in, in a different form, not, not in the form of COVID-19, but in a much lesser capacity. Uh, I do agree uh, that, yes, uh, there are some Republican governors that are incompetent at the state level, um, such as the governor of Ohio with certain moves that he makes. That's what happens when you decide to be a puppet and you let your own cabinet members be the captain of the ship instead. Uh, however, where I disagree is I don't – this is not – this was not cooked up by the Republicans. That much I know um, because all the facts are leading that way. Uh, the Republicans had a great economy. Uh, they had a record to run on. They had a good chance of taking back uh, the House, which they still do, uh, which I think is going right. to definitely – after this pandemic thing and how the Democrats have handled it is going to happen. So, no, I mean, you know, you don't have the – not all Republicans govern competently. However, the statistics do show that the red states and the blue states, when you compare the statistics, quality of life, um, health care system, educational system, the wages, the cost of living, inflation versus deflation, all the red states have low cost of living, no inflation. Instead, they have deflation, which means the wages – matches the the cost of living. They're all business-friendly environment. They're all, uh, you know, pro-Second State Amendment states that are very lax on on, uh, gun control, uh, as should be. 
And so Republicans have demonstrated time and time again that they can govern really well at the state level. They just can't get anything done at the federal level. They haven't been getting anything done really for a long time. They're all kind of discombobulated. So I don't I, – I, I still believe at the end of the day this comes down to Republican and Democrat. No Republican wanted this because this is a – that would be political suicide for them. As stupid as certain Republicans are, they're not – but they're still not dumb enough to know better that there's no way they're going to shut down an economy in which for the first three years we have one of the best economies in modern history where they were guaranteed re-election pretty much running on that record and that strong party record. No, I just think it just comes down to some governors, Republican, unfortunately, are less competent than others. But not in a million years did the Dems ever think this was going to happen. They, don't, they didn't even think it was going to get here. No one could have ever fathomed this. I mean, if you would have told me this two months ago um, as a joke, I would have said, Robert, you had too much honey Tennessee whiskey. You got to cut down, Robert. The liquor's <laughs> getting to your head. That's just crazy. Come yeah, on. We're more talking about <laughs> You've been watching. Zach, you've been watching too much sci-fi. That, that, that's impossible. Wall Street can never shut down. Our states can never be ghost towns. That's impossible. L.A. can never be a ghost town city. Uh, Chicago, New York, uh, um, Detroit, even Hawaii, Waikiki. Um, So, no, I would have never fathomed that. So what it really comes down to is most people are hurting. And like you pointed out in the show last week, there are a lot of companies that prior to this, they were barely staying afloat. So they're done after this. There is no second chance because they were small companies or restaurants that were already on the verge of bankruptcy. This has already did them in. There's no coming back to this. So what a lot of people are not factoring in is there's going to be a lot of people that when this economy turns around, there is going to be no place for them. And that is really sad, and, and, and that is a travesty. And at the end of the day, uh, Trump finally came out this week without capitulating, and he finally said, I am going to intervene in the states where I feel the governors are unconstitutionally abusing their powers and keeping states open longer unnecessarily. This time, he did not pivot on that. He is our only hope in doing that. If the governors continue to extend the lockdowns without just cause when the spike of numbers are going down and the administration is providing every state with the numbers of kits to test people for COVID that they want, and they still are making excuses to not even go to phase one, Trump is going to have to step in and say, no, Governor Newsom, no, Governor Cuomo, no, Governor Ige, this is an overreach. You are crippling the state's economy and hindering our country. This is where I step in. This is where the buck stops here. I gave you all the benefit of the doubt. I've done everything to be amicable to all 50 governors, but there comes a point in time where, you know, the buck stops here. Enough is enough. You have no valid reason to hold up uh, phase one, phase two, or phase three, open up the states. Now, before I defer back to you, Robert, the fundamental question is, will Trump stay on this? Because he capitulated once on this. He needs to stay consistent. He needs to get rid of Dr. Fauci 
He needs to get rid of Dr. Burks. Once again, this is his 9-11 moment. This is the greatest crisis in our country's history. This is his litmus test. He holds the fate of the free world in his hands. We either come out of this on top or we cease to exist. And it is scary, Robert, to know that our livelihoods and everything we've ever known is in the fate of the president's hands. But he has the biggest card to play here. Will he intervene as he can constitutionally do if the governors decide to extend the lockdowns beyond June or July for no just cause? Yes, he has the executive power to do so. And I pray, Robert, for our sake, and this will be my closing comment so that other people will have a chance um, to uh, finish. I pray that he does, because if he doesn't, like you and I, Robert, said last week, I don't condone violence. I don't wish it upon anything, but it's the inevitable. If this goes on into July, August, there will be blood on the streets. They will be swarming the governor's mansions. They will be swarming the state house. There will not be enough security detail to stop them, or probably most of the security detail will say, the hell with this. I don't want to die tonight. you got a 1,000 people here with pitchforks like the French Revolution, like the guillotine. And they are going to drag them from their residences. They will drag them in the streets like the atrocities that was committed against our ambassador in Libya. Ambassador Stevens, who died in vain under the Obama administration because they wouldn't send in U.S. military aid and the three CIA operatives. Mark my words, but the shoe this time is going to be on the other foot, and you can't stop them off. That's what created the French Revolution. Not even the, the king's army could stop thousands of people in the streets. And mark my words, we will have a modern-day French Revolution, and I don't wish that upon anyone, but it is human nature. You, you tell your kids that I can't feed you because of our government leaders. I can't clothe you. I can't bathe you. I can't give you shelter. What else are you going to resort to? Your human instincts and human nature of survival will ultimately kick in. And parents will do whatever it takes to keep their kids safe. And no, they're not monsters, but they're doing whatever it takes to protect their loved ones. Even if they have to riot stores to feed them, that's what a loving mother and father does. You do whatever it takes to provide for your loved ones at the end of the day. Robert, I thank you and everyone on the show. God bless, and I look forward to next week. Take care. Uh, thank you very much. I always appreciate your input, uh, Joseph. And a couple of words before I bring uh, Kelly back in, because right, right now we got on the call. Uh, you, myself, uh, Kelly, uh, Cheryl, and that just just us four now. We got the callers, but the, they haven't pushed one to chime in. Uh, but if you'd like to uh, chime in for some closing comments, you're welcome to push the one in the number down. I, I will get you in. Uh, and we got uh, Jim on, on as well. If we want to do closing comments, if we can can get there. But anyway, a um, couple things. One, you mentioned you know it, it's pretty much in the president's hands, and in a large way it is. But your last part I think is even larger. Is it's, it's in the American people's hands. And one thing that gives me a little bit of hope is that, and I'm going to make two two quick parts on this. One is you're seeing people 
in what is usually a blue state of Michigan, people are protesting. You have some people, I, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kelly, uh, but we have people in California protesting. There, there was even a clip about a lady screaming at the top of her lungs, you know, to uh, Newsom. I Newsom, I'm sorry, Cuomo, uh, in New York. The people are already, they're not, they're not getting in droves, but they're already taken to the streets, already. Gone for two more months, it's going to get bigger and bigger. And, uh, I, and the thing is, I hope it does get bigger if it comes to that. You know, and I'm like you. Yeah, I don't want to see violence. I don't want to see violence in the street. Do I think it could happen? Certainly. I mean, even before this coronavirus came up, you know, I said well, we might be facing a next, our next civil war. And on, on point with what you know, one thing is that is being exposed is people like Facebook. I mean, look at Facebook. People, are, you know, people would plan events, people plan rallies, people plan been planning protests on on Facebook. And Facebook is saying, no, they're going to shut that down. And so what Facebook is doing is they think they're being smart by saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're trying to keep people safe. But more and more people are realizing that it's not about our safety. It's not. They're seeing it. They're seeing it. They're seeing it's not about our safety. You know, and they're, they're, taking, they're, they're taking to the streets. And they're seeing that places like Facebook are saying, well, wait a minute, we want to assemble, which is our First Amendment right, and you, you provided a platform for us to do it, but because we're going to do, do something that doesn't adhere to the WHO, you're going to limit our freedom of speech on your platform? As I said, we need new platforms. We need something to replace Google, something to replace YouTube, something to replace Facebook. You know, I mean, I know they've been along, around for a good time, but th- there needs to be something that, to replace these things. I know, you know, we'll be on time for, before this thing passes, but really, it is, it's up to Trump. I agree with you. Trump's got a huge part, uh, a big part to play, but I think the American people got it bigger because uh, like, like that restaurant owner in Texas, he said, look, no, I'm opening my, I'm opening my store up. And, the, and then you had the, and, and, and then you had the, uh, the sheriffs, you know, there, but like, you know what? Or, you know, the law enforcement there say, yeah, you know what? We're not doing anything about it. We're going to let this guy open up. And then when people see that, and people see that happen more and more and more, then, you know, it's going to escalate. More people are like, yeah, screw this. You know what? We're Americans. We're not going to live this way. There's a reason we're America. There's a reason why we, you know, we are who we are. And that's why – and I'm sorry, I'm getting on the soapbox again. But here, this, and this is why I think that when people say that, you know, oh, we got these illegal immigrants come in, and you know, when we saying, look, the, the, the problem with the illegal immigrants and immigrants is they are, have not been brought up the same way that Americans have. I mean, we have a certain way that we we've, we've been brought up. This is how how we are in a living. We don't just give up. We don't just adhere to their their dictates. We didn't, you know, when we when we got our or when we went our independence, you know, this isn't who we are as Americans. And I think there's enough people to be sheep. But I I think I think they I think the liberals and, and even Facebook, I'm telling you, I think they played their cards wrong because and and I know the Democrats think 
this is a ploy to for Trump, and this is again plays what you said, Joseph, is and I said this before, if Trump does this right, this could actually prove out to be Trump's finest hour. With what happens with in the next, in the, whatever happens in the next month or two, I would say May and June, this could prove out to be Trump's finest hour on how he deals with this, and and and, and the Democrats are exposing themselves, and the liberal and Facebook, they're exposing themselves for the truly are, and it's going to be up to the American people to not allow them to literally, you know, change America. Who was that? Who was that? Obama. Obama did that. Obama said that. I want to fundamentally change America, and that's what they're trying to do. That that that's what they're trying to do. And remember, you know, people. The, the, Trump's American first policies pissed off a lot of people. There's a lot of countries out there who weren't getting, you know, their popsicle like they used to, and you know, from from America because Trump's like, no, we're raining that stuff in. So anyway, hey, Robert, let's go ahead and bring in. Yeah, Robert, just real quick, I got one. I'm looking up the sheriffs now. Sheriff Adam Fortney in um, Snohomish County, Washington State, is the what, him and other sheriffs up there said we. Uh, he said we will not. Um, he charged Fortney charged that lockdown measures were unconstitutional because they were have forced so many businesses to, to close, and we might add that that's because we all have a peaceable right to assemble, a peaceable right to assemble. I'll g- look up some of these more sheriffs' names, but back to you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And then we'll, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll get you on uh, uh, next show. We only got, unfortunately, 10 minutes, in, less than 10 minutes in the show, and then even less than that to, to take uh, Kelly's uh, to talk to Kelly about, uh, you know, being a, you know, a resident a libertarian here uh, to talk about a mosque for a few minutes before, uh, unfortunately, I'll have to, to close things out. Again, it's another show that I wish I had a, a fourth hour because I'm certain that we could fill it. Uh, go ahead, Kelly. Let's, let's talk about a little bit about how, how you think as a libertarian that uh, if a mosque does decide to, to run, um, how he's going to be received. How, how do you think, at least at this point, that a mosque would be received by the libertarians? That takes way too much time. Um, I knew about Jamash running before, excuse me, before the New York Times published it. My different contacts. Anyway, next show we should bring a Jamash, just an Amash fan on. That'll be an hour. It'll be like wow. All right. So, but I wanted to. uh, Well, we should have another half hour segment on the sheriffs alone because. Posse Comitatus Act, the sheriff is the supreme law enforcement officer of the county. We've had a sheriff on here describing this. and sheriff. Okay, anyway, we'll, that's a whole other show. All right, this is like my closing statements because we only got a few minutes. Right. You kept mentioning finest hour. Who said that? This could be our um, finest hour. I'm trying to – actually, I got it. Actually, I got it um, from a, a movie in uh, about the Apollo 11, but <laughs> I think that's why I got it from the movie Apollo 11, <laughs> where someone said, oh, this is going to be a disaster for NASA, and, well, the director, somebody is there, said, no, I think this is going to be our finest hour bringing you know, these astronauts home, but that's where I got it from, but go ahead. <laughs> well, it came from Winston Churchill, because Great Britain in World War II was an incredible conflict, and it was tough, and he – 
ended his speech with the two words, with three words, our finest hour. So what he was saying in his speech was we got to keep going. we got to keep going. we got to defeat. we got to defend our island. Okay, but then he said, should the British Empire last for a thousand years, may they reflect upon us that this was our finest hour. Stunning speech. So what is going on here is we have this thing called freedom. <laughs> a little thing called freedom. Some people will say, well, God created freedom. No, he did not create freedom. When he created all of creation, he did not create freedom. Freedom is within God's heart, and from the overspill of his heart, freedom spilled into all of creation. doesn't matter whether you're left or right. You want freedom. God, bl God bless the founding fathers for the Bill of Rights. Now, we have the counter. The counter to freedom is deception because, well, even the devil knows that we're free unless he has to deceive us to get us to submit against our free will, trade in our liberties, our freedom for a little more security. And so we go into the realm of deception in the movie The Matrix. And this is fascinating because there's a point I'll make at the end with the movie The Matrix. So Neo is having his conversion to understand how the world really works. And they go into the construct program. It's a white background, a white floor, two chairs. And Neil's like, what's going on? The movie The Matrix, this whole thing is like mind-blowing. And he's like, well, this isn't real? And Morpheus says to him, what is real? How do you define real? Is it what you see, feel, and think? Or is it, or is it simply, yeah, hold on here. What is real? How do you define real? Is it not simply electrical interpretations of your brain? And so all of a sudden, Neo's beginning to realize all the interpretations he's had. He's questioning what all, all this input I'm getting. What is going on here? And Mark just explained to him, all this input you've had is for control. Control upon you and the human race. So the movie The Matrix is, oh my gosh, it's stunningly brilliant. Now, I say this because the movie The Matrix, big hit. Big time setting people's minds free. Big hit. But The Matrix was written by the Wachowski brothers. They also did V for Vendetta. The Wachowski brothers are flaming liberals, and they get the necessary – I'm sorry, the necessity for freedom, for liberty, because it's in our heart. It's in our soul, and through generations, it's in our genetics now, and that is the American people, and we are going to fight this, and I will fight this right amongst my brothers and sisters for freedom because it's innate because it came from God. And we will fight this, and we will expose this, and we will overcome again and again. And it's an ugly fight, and it's a glorious fight. Jefferson wrote, the anime contest of freedom. So 
freedom. We will overcome. So what if the powers that be and Bill Gates and George Soros and all sorts of Fauci and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you can go ahead and have your plans. You can go on stage and make a fool out of yourself and contradict the freedom in everybody's hearts. Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, libertarian, doesn't matter. Everyday people. You can go ahead and espouse your ideas that oppose our freedom, but the American people will fight you. And so will I. And I'm so glad to be on the show, Robert, because we keep discussing freedom and liberty. So with that, I turn it back to you. Well, thank you very much, uh, Kelly. Uh, God, I wish we had some more time. I, only, I literally only have two minutes uh, to close things off. Um, yeah, we're, yeah, we're certainly going to you know, talk more about all those things, and I think it's uh, next week would be a good, uh, you know, a good continuation of tonight's show. I might even have the the same title, part two, because I, I definitely think we can uh, maybe even full three another full three hour discussion on it. Maybe I'll have it uh, just put part two at the end of the title. Um, but anyway, yeah, for, for folks, uh, though, you know, this is a blogcast. Uh, take the link. You can find it on Blog Talk Radio. Go to www.blogtalkradio.com. Find, uh, you know, Bard's Logic. You search it under Bard's Logic, and you'll be able to, to find it there. Take that link. You know, if you're on Twitter, put it on Twitter. If you're on Facebook, put it on Facebook. If you have an email, email the folks. Because um, I know there's a lot of things that all of us uh, have talked about tonight that a lot of you, maybe even your friends or people you know, have not uh, heard. At least they, they probably heard what we said to them, but a lot of things that we've heard from other people who's uh, spoke on tonight's show, they may have not heard those type of things either. So it is, you know, something definitely to think about whether that's going to be the reality, uh, you know, of what we're going to face in the future. It is definitely something for us to think about and confront. Um, so I do have less than a minute, so if you guys could please uh, you know, send, find the link, send it out, you know, you know, share it to your people, uh, you know, appreciate it. You know, and we'd love to get their input as well. They're welcome to contact uh, at the Bard's Logic contact page there on the website. Uh, but anyway, uh, good night, folks. I'm not even going to have much time to do the, uh, the ending song before uh, it does shut uh, down for me or for us. Uh, but we'll definitely see you next week. Uh, we'll talk to some of your folks, uh, I'm sure, uh, through the week. Keep sending the uh, you know the information. And Trump, hopefully he uh, pardons Roger Stone, because to my understanding, he is actually uh, supposed to um, turn himself over tomorrow. Uh, so hopefully uh, Trump does something. I know we'll make a lot of news, but, you know, I'm going to start hearing some good news. And for that, you know, with things going on with Flynn, uh, and there are a